Dopey Podcast. Dopey Podcast. Well, dopey now podcast. is the time for the Dopey Podcast. Dopey podcast. Where you call in and dopey put podcast. all your life on blast. And you call dopey in podcast. and talk about your past. Because your life was furious, hardcore and fast So now is the time for the Dopey Podcast It's the Dopey Podcast, the Dopey Podcast, yo This is the Dopey Podcast This is the Dopey Podcast Now if your life was furious, hardcore and fast You feel like you want to put your life on blast Just call up the show and I talk about your past Cause now is the time for the Dopey Podcast Dopey Podcast It's the Dopey Podcast The Dopey Podcast, yo This is the Dopey Podcast This is the Dopey Podcast This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our good friends at Oro Recovery Located in sunny Southern California, in Malibu, and West Los Angeles, Oro was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission was to create a treatment center that helped addicts and alcoholics with using compassion and connection rather than control, and they've succeeded. Everyone that we have known that has gone to Oro cannot say enough good stuff. They have decades and decades of treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness. They make sure your detox is as comfortable as possible, which is crucial. I never not hear good things about Oro. Their amenities are off the charts. Sound bath meditation, equine therapy, surfing, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. It's like a spa. Part of me wishes I could relapse. I'm just kidding. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California, I cannot suggest Oro enough. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. What is Sober Buddy? Sober Buddy is an app that helps you stay on the path. It helps you get sober, it helps you to stay sober, and it is like having a Sober Buddy in your pocket. I'm actually using the Your Sober Buddy app all the time. It is available at YourSoberBuddy.com. There is a free tracker, and I have to say this in the ad. Please use the free tracker. They're threatening to leave us as sponsors if the audience does not download the free tracker. So please use the fucking free tracker. It's free. It's not going to track you. It's just going to track your sober time. And the challenges are very fun as well. Uh, in this episode, me and Jeremy actually do a really fun Sober Buddy challenge. So check out Your Sober Buddy at YourSoberBuddy.com. It's available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. And... Uh, Get the free tracker. It's fucking free. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Soberlink. As we all know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have an alcohol use disorder. That's alcohol only, not other drugs. Only 10% of those people get treatment. This can be attributed to the stigma that surrounds addiction and how people don't want to talk about it. Their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to be more accountable in their sobriety. We at the Dopey Podcast started with open and honest conversations about addiction and recovery, and Soberlink encourages this to help rebuild trust and maintain sobriety. So we teamed up with Soberlink to create a healthy habits guide for those in recovery. Please visit 
www.soberlink.com slash dopey to download that healthy habits guide. And if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery, you'll also find a form on that page to sign up for 50 bucks off a promo code uh, that is exclusive to you guys in the Dopey Nation. So let Soberlink help you to stay off of the sauce. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our great friend Ryan Hampton and his team at Mobilize Recovery. Mobilize Recovery is a great cause that's going national this September, and it's a project that's really close to my heart. It's a nonprofit organization and a way for you guys to pitch in and help end overdose and addiction in America. There's a way for everyone to get involved. There's no cost, and there is no hidden agenda. Mobilize Recovery is about us our community, and what we can be doing together to inspire recovery solutions across the United States. I'm going to let Ryan talk about it. Here is Ryan. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Hampton, recovery advocate and founder of Mobilize Recovery. And I'm jumping on with Dopey today because we need you to help end overdose and addiction and inspire solutions for recovery across the United States. This September, the nonprofit initiative Mobilize Recovery is launching a national bus tour in partnership with iHeartMedia and Google. And we want to learn what your community, your organization, and your projects are doing to mobilize for change. Help us map the journey across the country. Learn more today at mobilizerecovery.org and submit your ideas to us. There's so many ways for you to get involved and to help us highlight the recovery experience that is so unique in different regions across all 50 states. Go to mobilizerecovery.org to learn more and to help us map this journey. And I hope we get to meet so many of you this coming September during National Recovery Month. Now, before we get to the show, I also want to remind you guys to subscribe to YouTube. Go to Patreon. Help me out. Fucking go to Patreon. There's so much good stuff on Patreon. We actually talk about it on the show, so I didn't need to go nuts. Buy Dopey Gear. There's great new dopey gear. I just got a shipment from SRO Prints. They do our printing out of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's very high quality. The Buddha came out beautiful. There's a, a Buddha tank top, which is awesome. So much good stuff. The Misfits tank top. I've heard good things about the cut. Also by Candles. I do not big up the Candles nearly enough, but the Candles are super high quality. Very good smelling, long lasting candles from the North Avenue Candle Company that is available through a link at dopeypodcast.com or at the North Ave Candle Company.com slash collections slash dopey. Go to Dopey Zoom. There's like 26 meetings. Enough with the ads. Here's the fucking show. Welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave, and I'm at my dad's house, and I'm joined by my very old and dear friend, Jeremy. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to see you, Dave, in this delightful audience. And in this apartment. Yes. The last time you were here was with Jim... Uh, the summer of 2018, I want to say. That sounds about right. 
I think so. Yeah. You have no idea. No. We were playing cards? I think we recorded a show. We probably were, but we were also playing cards. We probably played played cards and recorded a show. Yes. And, um, you know, one thing I've never talked about on Dopey is the card game that we play. Uh, which I have now taught to people in Los Angeles. Now. And, and they love it. I think you are probably the most capable person of describing our card game. So why don't you give us a brief history on the game and the name? Okay, um, please bear with me. Uh, I'm really sorry about this, but I'm just gonna come right out and say it because there's really no way to beat around the bush. Uh, the game is called, or at least the way we learned it, it's called Big Penis. I it was called or the, the Big Penis. Is it Big Penis or The Big Penis? Well, it depends uh, on who you talk to. And How did it even happen? I don't know. I have no idea. Somebody asked me this question in Los Angeles when we were playing. I have, I've hooked two friends on this game, and uh, they both asked, where did it come from? And I, had, I, have no, I don't have a clue. I don't know who taught it to us. I want you closer to the mic. All right. Well, I'm right here. I'm on top of the dance. I want thing. you closer. I want you to be filleting All the right, microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn Stroke it. the testes. I like a, a cylindrical microphone. Okay. So we started playing the big penis probably, and I don't mean to be so phallic between the mic and the game, but we probably started playing the game in 1991. Yes. Yeah, sure. It was definitely a year or two left in high school. 31 years ago. Wow. We were playing the game. So yeah, it's this uh, wonderful card game where the uh, rules are very simple. Get rid of all your cards. All you got to do is get rid of all your cards. So you deal out the entire deck to everybody. And the way you get rid of your cards is, um, for some reason, threes are low and twos are high. All right, let's not talk about this. And no, this wait. will cause a lot of problems later because we got into fights about this. Um, and it's not important. The point is you get rid of it. The best hand is called the big penis, and it's so much fun to play. The big penis is four of a kind, and it trumps every other hand. If you're interested in the, the, the gameplay and rules of the big penis, maybe we'll do a Patreon, Patreon episode about it. Uh, please subscribe to Dopey Patreon. Subscribe. I mean, listen, let's just be clear about this. I, I, something happened. Last week, I did an ad for cryptocurrency, okay? Um, some English people paid me some money to do an ad about cryptocurrency. They didn't write me back. They were supposed to do the whole month. It doesn't look like we're going to do another ad for cryptocurrency. Right. But the audience, a couple people in the audience were upset at me for doing the ad for cryptocurrency because crypto is very much like gambling and we definitely have gambling addicts in the audience. And I actually did a Patreon episode condemning Aaron Paul and his business of making tequila and advertising gambling websites. And that's like all he does. Yes, that's pretty, when, and box on YouTube? I don't know, but uh, does he use a boxer? I don't know. So I bashed Aaron Paul one week, the next week I'm advertising crypto and over the weekend I got some concerned emails and mm. I have a concern for the dopey nation, which is you guys don't buy anything that the sponsors sell ever, <laughs> never. We had a cookie dough company called dope. Oh. They, they're out, out oh. because not enough people bought the product. Oh. The only product that works is rehab. That's the only product that people in the dopey nation will pay for. Got it. So before we move so on, wait, hold on. Yes. And not to like step back yes. for a second, but I'd like to just take a moment and admonish all of you who are yes. listening right Thank now into not buying cookie dough. Like what is wrong with you? I don't know. They weren't interested. That's ridiculous. Some of them did. And one of them, my dad, there's some of in the course. fridge. You can have some. <laughs> of course there is. So, so, you know, listen, dopey nation. I, I, when I got the emails about crypto, I felt guilty. I've chosen not 
to advertise Kratom many times. Mm -hmm. uh, I even chose not to advertise CBD, which I'm thinking about advertising now <laughs> because like, why not? It's like nothing matters. Well, it's, it's CBD isn't THC. Okay, yeah. It's not mind or mood altering. I was just so hung up on it that I thought it was a bad idea. Listen, write me an email if you think advertising CBD is bad. But my point is this. I push Patreon very lightly. But now in the wake of these anti-crypto emails and the fact that all these sponsors are pulling out because you guys are too cheap to buy the product, you get free Dopey four times a month. Free. Absolutely free. And you like it and you listen to it. So why don't you kick two bucks into fucking Patreon and I won't do crypto ads. Buy Patreon. Invest in Patreon. Get more Dopey. Learn how to play the big penis. Maybe. Yes. And and there's a ton of other shit on there. Right. And then you get maybe some cookie dough and you're not supporting cryptocurrencies. Well, the cookie dough people are out. Well, I'm somebody else will pick up the mantle, I'm sure. Cookie dough is great. And Everyone it, loves cookies. I, and especially me. I know you love cookies. I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I, I, I talked about this a little bit. A lot of people were concerned that I was diabetic because of the the amount of sugar that I eat. <laughs> um and then I went and I got a blood test and it turns out I'm not diabetic, mm. but my cholesterol is really bad. Yes. That I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why would you, you, you would assume that I have high cholesterol looking at yes. me. Yes. No, I'm not looking at you. I know you. Just so knowing So it's impossible me. to divest like the fact that I, like, I've seen you like eat, eat, like, eat food <laughs> yes, and what you it's eat. Bad. It's bad. I'm so disgusting and it's like my disgustingness. Okay. Do you eat more vegetables now? I eat a lot of vegetables. Okay, good. I'm like all vegetable. Really? Like, dude, I'm... Because I'm, when I come over, it's like, it's Thai food, it's pad CU with beef, and you're picking around, you know... It's chicken pad CU. I like the greens. Okay. I've all, I like vegetables. I do. Jeremy and I have known each other since we were five. Yep. So he had a lot of time where I probably wasn't really interested in vegetables, but I've been very interested in, in vegetables for years. Good. Now, what were we going to talk about? Before anything else... Please join Patreon. Join YouTube. It's free. Patreon's two bucks a month. Join it. Help me out. There's good shit on there. I just stumbled upon uh, a, a treasure trove of old Shuffle episodes, mm. and it's bad. Oh, It's like the later Shuffle episodes oh. where I'm fat and my hair is kind of <laughs> long. And I, I, it's, I found the, the legendary episode where I interview Bob Weir from oh. The Grateful Dead. One of the worst interviews I ever did. And... I know it's bad because I can tell he had such a bad time. Oh. And and I look insane. I think I blue dry my hair out and it's long. Nice. And I'm wearing like a corduroy jacket with a sheepskin collar mm -hmm. and I'm leaning in and grinning <laughs> at him like a crazy person. And I showed Linda and Linda was like, what is this? <laughs> Linda's like, what happened? Like, she's like, are you high? And I'm like, yes. Probably, yes. No, I was totally, yes, I was, right. and she goes, but you don't look like chill high. You look like crazy high. So I think I was on Coke and heroin in Asbury park. I like, I talked about this Bob Weir interview so many times. And when I saw it, it hurt me. Like the, the, the psychic energy of shame that I felt around this interview for decades now has haunted me. And when I finally saw it, it, it hurt me. But then I started laughing because it's so, I like have this big yellow smile and like, I'm all fat and like my hair is all long and Bob Weir's not happy to be with me. Uh, so that's going up on Patreon yeah, today. Subscribe to that. How could you not want to see that? It's going to be so awful.
so bad. Oh yeah. And I also interview Bernie Worrell from Funkadelic. This gets and we're and both better. high. This in is perfect. It. And I also interview Buddy Miles from uh, Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix's band. Both of us high as shit. It's a wreck. Bobby, Bobby's sober. He looks sober. Looks, he, he looks like he's really. Like he looks at me with this shame in his <laughs> eyes. It's like oh. I'm a great disappointment to Bob Weir in this interview. So oh, check it out on Patreon. And Jeremy came to town uh, because you're going on a long journey. Going on a long journey. I'm going to uh, traveling internationally. I'm be going to Israel and Greece. And that's exciting. I'm very excited. And I asked Jeremy if he's going to take drugs on the plane. And he said no. And then I asked Jeremy if he's going to take drugs for the journey, which he answered with a resounding yes. Yes. And I, and he said his, he, his mother has the script for Xanax. Mm -hmm. And it, I remember back in the day, me and Todd and Jeremy lived together in Los Angeles and I rediscovered Xanax and we loved it and we loved it so much. We called it relaxo. <laughs> ah, relaxo. Named after Rancho Relaxo, I remember. And now you are not interested. Um, I'm interested in the sense that I'm not looking forward to an over 10-hour flight. Um, and it's going to be longer coming back. The only the thing that drives me nuts is, like, because I've, I've been I don't sleep on planes. I don't get, like, uncomfortable. Like, I don't not like flying. I just don't like being on a plane because it's not comfortable when you're on it for a long time. You know, it's like I can read and I can watch movies, you know, if it's four hours, even Xanax six hours. Xanax is good for it, that, right? right? But anything longer than that, you know, I just want it to be over. And the best time I ever had on an international flight is when I was flying to China, and um, I was working on a Hallmark miniseries called Blackout. Um, it was just a crazy shoot. And we had this all night shoot that went like, I was literally up for about 36 hours, most of it on set. And I literally told them I have to leave directly from set to get to the airport to make my flight in time. And I, I went and I remember it was amazing. We took off, I fell asleep, and I woke up as we were landing in China. How long was the flight? I don't remember. What did oh, you take? I, I nothing. I didn't take anything. How did you sleep that long? I, I have. I was just exhausted. It was just so long on set. And you know, and and at that time, it would have been nice to you know like smoke or have a drink or whatever it was. I think I think that was it. I think I did have a drink in the airport. But you slept twelve hours. I basically slept like, eleven hours. That's crazy. It was great. That's crazy. Oh, it was so nice. But the, the really interesting thing I think about Jeremy coming on the show, like there's we have lots of different people on the show, blah blah blah. Jeremy's an actor who I grew up with, uh, and and I, when we were kids, and I you'll remember this probably. I wanted to be a talk show host yep. and you were going to be an actor. And I said, one day you can be on my talk show. And yes, that's true. And here we are. Here we are once again. The other interesting thing is like a lot of my old friends, our, our old friends come on Dopey, but none of them really have the drug experience that you have. That's true. And Jeremy walked the line. You know, you did heroin every day for months. Uh, not every day. Every week. Oh, on, yeah. uh, you did like oh, three yeah. days a week for oh, yeah. six months or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. That you, sounds about right. You know, you were there. Oh, it was awful. Well, but, you know, and you enjoyed Xanax. But oh, yeah. can you, we've talked about this a little bit more, a little bit before, but mm -hmm. I want to talk about a little bit more. What was it like to walk the line with, with, with junkies, you know, with me and Todd? Yeah. We weren't junkies yet. But in California, we were. Right. So, like, and I, we've talked about this, 
But do you think when you look back on the whole thing or when you're looking forward to today mm. where you have access to Xanax, but you're not really excited for it? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, what it is, it's it's like, uh, I guess the best way to put it is and, you know, like you all know, you know, this better than anyone. There's there is something there's a different feeling that comes with like actual clarity. Right. And when you get caught in the, the cycle of right. like getting high all the time, the, now the difference thing, the, the fun, like, oh, this is different, is now this weird clarity you get. But the problem is maintaining it is so much more difficult than just taking something. Right. So, you know, like for me, stepping back from the edge was a necessity. And like, it wasn't easy to do, but I could see, like I could clearly see, and I probably said this before on the show, I've, I could see where it was going. And it was like, I have to pull the ripcord now or it's never going to happen. Do you remember when our senior year in high school, we had that snow day and we went to the park with Jim's sled, the, the tricycle with the three skis. So we were going down the sled. I, I always equate my getting out of the drugs, of drugs in general, like, well, at least the, the heavy stuff to this story. And uh, Jim had this uh, sled that was like a black trike. And instead of wheels, I it remember. had skis, yeah, right? I, and I, it was a I, badass I, I, looking yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So we took it to Central Park. We found the big hill. The crazy kids were already out there building ramps and, you know, like all the other nonsense. And we start going down this thing and we decided to hit the ramp, right? So we hit the ramp and no one could land it. And then finally somebody started landing at the thing. And then we did the double. Let's do doubles. And of course, I don't think do, I did it no. at all. Um, and then it's like, well, doubles, let's find two light people. So there was me and Sarah Clements. Uh, right? yes. And we get on the thing and Sarah's sitting in front and I'm behind her. Right. And I tell her like, look, I landed one of the things already. All you have to, the main thing is you got to make sure the ski is flat. The front ski is flat. So hold the bars. When we hit the air, you got to hold those bars straight because the ski's got to be straight when we hit the ground. Otherwise, we're going to turn into a ball, right? And she's like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, right? So I'm on the back. And then, and of course, Robbie is insane and wants to push everybody as fast as he can. So he pushes the two of us and everyone's helping push. There's like Roland and you and, you know, like Robbie and everyone. So they're just pushing and we have a tremendous amount of speed and we are just going. And, and I, I can feel her already tensing up. We hit the jump. And Sarah instantly wrenches the steering wheel all the way to the right. So the ski is basically at a, a perpendicular angle. And I remember, you know, those, again, those, those slow motion moments of clarity. I remember being in the air, seeing and going, no, right? And she was locked in. And I remember making the decision and just letting go and falling off the back of the sled and falling to earth in the middle as she continued down and hit the ground in a giant pile. So, and you're, and you're equating it with that. Yeah. You're equating, you, you I let go it. and I you could, saw us crash. I saw it. I saw the big, I saw the mishmash. I saw her showing up the next day in a wheelchair, right? Like all that, like that happened. No, no, no. I mean with me I, and Todd and, and you, but I could see the same thing. And, exactly um, that. now do you think, given your experience around drugs and drug addicts, that there's something different about a drug addict than you? Um, or no. do you think you could have easily been a drug oh, addict? Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, and like, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, like I was smoking a lot of weed during the pandemic, you know, and couldn't stop for a little while, you know. And Yeah, you were a classic stoner. Yeah. Do you so feel, do you still feel as a classic stoner? N not as much. I mean, like I, you know, it's more of an escape now. Like I've, I've finally... I've come around to really enjoying getting high late at night and like putting on the PlayStation and playing Spider-Man. 
How often are you doing that? Not often. What's you know, the Spider-Man game? Oh, you haven't played Spider-Man? Oh, on the, on the PS4, not even the new one. Oh my God, they rendered Manhattan perfectly. You can go down to Stuyvesant Town. It actually looks like Stuyvesant. So Town. you're you're getting high at night and playing Spider-Man PS4. How yeah, often are you doing this? Like once or twice a month. You know, is not that, that true? Often. Yeah, of course. I, I bought an Oculus. You know, there's a guy on Dopey who bought the Oculus and he and he bought a blowjob machine. Oh my god! Have you? Did you buy a blowjob no, machine? I did not buy. A Are you considering machine. it? Absolutely not. That's and you're not so smoking weird. weed. You're not smoking weed at night. I well, I am smoking weed at night. How often? When in the week? Oh, I mean, it depends. Like lately, since I've been teaching, hardly ever because I just come home and I'm exhausted. And you just you step away from it as you stepped off the sled. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, again, like when I, I, for me, it's when anything becomes a problem. If I see it becoming a problem in any way, like there's, the, I have a little mental check, which I love having, that just says, like, okay, you know what's going to happen if you keep doing this, so maybe we should back off. It's like eating bad or not working out or things like that. But I this do. is where people would argue that this is why you, there is no way you could be an addict because you have that ability. Oh, okay. That would be the argument. I, which I, under, well, I understand that. Right, you you have the ability to step away, even when you're using, and you're yeah. like, "This is too much. I'm going to step away." Which leads us to um, a sad note, which is that, and and every year uh, around Todd's birthday or Chris's birthday or the week that they die, uh, I want to do something for them, and I don't want to be rote, and I don't want to overdo it but this is the week in 2018 that todd died and um we need to acknowledge it i think about todd on a daily basis uh which is annoying uh but i do and jeremy i introduced jeremy to todd years ago and and jeremy lived with todd for years in california as did i we drove out there originally together and it's heartbreaking to me on a daily basis now i asked jeremy to think of something that he hadn't said about Todd for this episode, and he's like, I'll come up with something. And then I gave him my brilliant suggestion, because I find that there's a lot of content in old text messages, and he looked in his Facebook Messenger, and what did you find, Jeremy? Um, well, I was going to talk about Rocker T anyway, so this okay. is actually really fortuitous. Okay, uh, when so that means I'll open the show with the Rocker T version of Dopey. Fantastic. So when, when uh, Todd and I drove out to California, we uh, <clears throat> played Rocker T's album on a constant loop in the car because we only had like four tapes or three CDs or whatever the hell it was. Um, Nicer was, by the hour if you're interested yeah, it, in, in it streaming it. Yes, uh, black and white uh, cover with the clock on it. Um, and uh, so I was going to talk about that a little bit, but then I found this message, which so it's kind of like serendipitous because here it is. I'm just going to read it. Um, He's obviously talking about some show, and this is, I think, in 2010? Okay. 2010, uh, uh, and obviously he'd gone to some Rocker T show, so I'm just going to read the message in total, and then we can talk about it. Um, worst Rocker T show ever, three exclamation points. <laughs> Dave and I spent 30 useless dollars on Cannabis Cup Band show with Rocker T, but he came out and did like two songs, yeah. one new one. I don't know that has the same beat as Soul Rebel. Launched into I Fear Babylon, Tell Them All, <laughs> I Am Real Rastaman, got mad, hectic, then uh, mad was in uh, all caps, then some other douchebag gangster took over and T stood in the back like a all caps 
bitch exclamation point. <laughs> it sucked exclamation uh, point. It was old school like a sec, but in all caps, the best part, he passed out a few CDs when he launched on stage. And of course I grabbed one. So there is like one in cap song or two not available in stores that I have on here that made me almost cry because it took me back so far to days so long gone. So what the fuck is your address? I need to send you this. I am. <laughs> that was basically. Yeah, that's it. That's great. I thought it was a pretty. That's great. a classic Todd message. Yes. It's a classic Todd message. I thought that was perfect. And Rocker T is this white reggae artist from from uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Yep. That was Norwegian, actually. And we would love to see him uh, in the village at a place called the Lion's Den. And he would do this this reggae dance hall thing in a bunch. And it, it was very legitimate. But uh, Kyla actually just came up to me and, and made fun of the dopey intro that we're going to use on the show. <laughs> and she said, who's the white boy reggae guy? And I was like, it's Rocker T. Yeah, crazy? or Mattis Yahoo, depending on which one you want to go with. No, there's Rocker more T. Than, there's more than one. Like, and you know, there's another guy. And we're going we're gonna, to, we have a big show today. Andy Roy, legendary uh, pro skater, uh, junkie addict is going to join us in a second but i couldn't not have jeremy on the show while he's in town Thanks. now there's a member of the dopey nation an og if you will matthew wiedermeyer carroll and matthew wiedermeyer carroll uh went to DopeyCon. and by the way DopeyCon 3 is october 1st nice hopefully jeremy will be there for it try to come back maybe he will maybe he won't i would love it if he did and matthew wiedermeyer carroll at the first DopeyCon bought an unbelievable amount of merchandise at the first one. It was gobsmackingly insane what he bought. And then he ordered more. And I got a, a sad email from him. I'm still in constant touch with Matt Wiedemeyer Carroll. And I'm going to read his email. So hold on one second. All right, here we go. Hey, Dave. Thought I'd send you an email letting you know I won't be getting my five-year coin this year. My friend and I went to a Breaking Benjamin concert in Cedar Rapids a few weeks ago and got into a huge fight. I ended up leaving the concert and going back to the hotel. When I got there, I saw a man sitting in a car in the parking lot. I approached him, and this is my old line, he, and said, I don't want to freak you out, but you know where I can get some dope. That's what I always said. Um, I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, he flashed a bag and a rig, and I grabbed it. I went back to the room, and, I, and for him, dope was meth. Uh, and I went back to the room and did a line and was instantly fucked up. I didn't like the feeling at all, and the next three days were hell. I held on to the dope and the rig all weekend, thinking about it constantly. Having three grams and a fresh rig in my house and not using, it was an odd feeling. Monday, on my way to work, I threw the rig in the ditch and sold the dope. I'm actually kind of glad it happened because now I know that's not the life I want. I'm even more grateful that I didn't shoot up because then it would have been over for me. You can read this on air if you want and feel free to use my name. I can't hide anything anymore because if I do, I'll be flying down the road of active addiction. Love you, Dave. Matt. So let's, let's you know, I'm going to give Matt a little round of applause. Amen. And uh, listen, honesty is the whole thing. It's the whole thing. And I think that's one of the things that killed Todd was that he could not be honest. And Chris, neither of them could be honest. So Matthew, thank you for your honesty. Matt is going to do a Patreon show next week, I think, which I'm very excited about. And, um, you know, we miss you, Todd. Yep. Uh, it's like 
And if you ever have a chance, Jeremy, you should go back and listen to Todd on Dopey because it's like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, and that's the thing, one of the things about Dopey that is uh, just such a pleasure for me to have captured Chris and Todd's soul in yeah. a way. Yeah. Like they will forever be alive. And so, I mean, Chris was happy a lot on the show. Todd, yeah, it was hit or miss. Yeah, I know. You know, Todd, the end of Todd's life was an unhappy end. If you're out there and you're struggling, please reach out. Uh, go to Dopey Zoom. Dopey Zoom is like an amazing free resource. They do like 25 meetings a week. Wow. And um, there's somebody in there that will help you. And even if you're suffering, you, you will help somebody. So go to Dopey Zoom. I just heard from somebody on Instagram who is struggling and she's going to Dopey Zoom. Hold on one sec. Let me find the address. Okay. The Dopey Zoom address is 804-300-586. The password is toodles, all lowercase. I cannot thank the dopes in the Dopey Zoom world and Dopey Nation enough for doing that. To be there for somebody is like the best thing you can do. They do NAAA, fucking Dharma. They do everything in there. So go to Dopey Zoom if you're struggling or reach out to somebody who uh, who's been through it or re reach out to anybody and, and uh, your your pain can help somebody else. That's it. I know it sounds that shit sounds corny, right? No. What are you looking at? It doesn't sound. Corny what are you looking at while recording an episode of the show? <laughs> what, what are you looking at? Just looking through more texts to no. see if there's another one from Todd. No, be done with it. All um, right, we're done. I, I love I love you, Jeremy. I love Todd. We didn't get to talk about our 30th high school reunion, but fuck it. Eh. Um, but we have a couple business things to do. First up is um, one of our sponsors is a company called uh, Sober Buddy. And Sober Buddy is like having a sober buddy in your pocket that helps you. They have a free sober tracker which tracks your clean time to the second and they do Sober Buddy challenges. And this challenge, are you ready for the Sober Buddy challenge? I'm ready for it. You gotta put your phone away. I'm gonna fucking hit you over the head hit with me, my phone. Hit me, hit me, hit me. With your, my phone? No. Okay. They want to make a list of 10 things you like about yourself, then have a good friend make a list of things they like about you. That's nice. So here we are. I'm going to say 10 things I like about myself. Wow. I'm incredibly handsome. Does that be 10? Let's do five. Okay. My teeth aren't as yellow as they were in the Bob Weir video. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I work very hard. I'm hardworking. Mm -hmm. uh, I love my family, mm -hmm. and I'm loyal. That's five. Those are good. That's a good five. Thank you. And what are five and all things true? And, and I'll say five things I love about you. Oh, that's nice. Uh, effervescent. Ooh, I, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a Shasta. Like a Shasta. Very clever. Like a Shasta. Uh, loyal, loving, positive, and even more importantly, in the old days of our addiction, you know, mine and Todd's addiction, we live with Jeremy. Jeremy had his shit together, and the light turned on in my head and Todd would ask me something and I would just say, well, what would Jeremy do? <laughs> and, and I was going to make him a WWJD. I was going to get him a, what would Jesus do? But subbing Jeremy for Jesus. So I look to you for, for Jeremy. He's not an addict. He's not in recovery, but he most of the time will do the next right thing, no matter what, which is what we aspire to do. I try, man. I mean, we all make mistakes, but like you acknowledge them, you get smarter, you move on. You loved the What Would Jeremy Do period. Oh, I loved it. Are you kidding me? WWJD uh, and Todd hated that Hated shit. it so much. Okay, now five things that you like about me. Uh, uh, I have to bring it. Okay, five things I like about you. Um, one- Or it's not five things you like about me. No, it's five, five things, fuck. Uh, 
Yeah, they like about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, here's yeah. what it was. Five things. Um, so you're an incredible father. Nice. Um, Agreed. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I uh, I am incredibly proud of what you've been able to accomplish. So you like my accomplishment? I I mean I yes I like what you've been Thank able to accomplish. You. I like how you've been able to uh, to change yourself. Right? Thank For you. The better. Uh, I love your sense of humor. Thank you. And uh, you know, I really like the uh, the gray hair. It's That's nice. four. It looks nice. That's only four. You're counting. You just gave me five. That's that four. I'll give you a I'll give you a bonus. Yes. Um. And uh, you're you're one my, of my hair. You're one of my best friends. <laughs> well, so I love that. Thank you, Jeremy. I, and I love you. And uh, we love Sober Buddy for letting us like each other so much. Exactly. I hope somebody's still here for the for the Andy Roy segment cuz <laughs> people love Andy Roy. Yes. Andy Roy is a scrappy motherfucker. Um and so robust with the dopey, I have to say. Uh but before we get to Andy Roy, there's one other business thing, which is believe it or not, Dopey Podcast is also sponsored by Athletic Greens. And Athletic Greens makes a product called AG1, which I love. I take it every day. It's a pouch full of uh, vitamins and minerals and fucking superfoods and adaptogens. And I take it. I love it. It's like it tastes good. It makes my stomach feel good. It's good for gut health. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. Tons of vitamin D. It costs less than $3 a day, which is cheaper than a Vente Mochaccino or whatever yeah, you're drinking. Wherever you're going to get your damn coffee from. That's what I'm saying. The, the founder was looking to fix his gut, and he was making a routine that cost $100. And now he got it to us for, for 3 bucks a day. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It is a, a climate-neutral certified company. Ooh. Now, I don't know what that is. But it's it means, good. It means it doesn't ruin the environment to make it. And in 2020, AG, which is Athletic Greens, donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020, which Fantastic. is nice. Good. Here, hold on. Yes, applause for the food banks. Yes, that's nice. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com dopey. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash dopey to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And what I said before about the cookie dough applies to Athletic Greens also. Yes. So if you had any interest in taking care of your gut, go to athleticgreens.com slash dopey and buy it. It's good. I liked it. I like it. I took it this morning. Can you believe I'm talking about Athletic Greens, Jeremy? And and earnestly. You too. believe it? Yeah. All right. That's great. See, so again, it's one of the reasons I love you. You can you know better betterment and change. Yes, I show you that change is possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I know a bunch of dopes have been waiting patiently for Andy Roy. Jeremy's gonna leave now. He's gonna Bye. fly away to the land of milk and honey and Greece. What is that? What's Greece? <laughs> milk and honey and Greece all no. together. Sounds right. delicious. Yeah, delicious. Uh, what is Greece the land for? Gyros uh, o- and, and romaine and yes. uh, the, the and, Coliseum and cheese and statues and seafood. I've never been there. I haven't either. This is going to be great. I'm going to go stand on the first stage ever made. Well, look for Jeremy on Patreon right now, also, because yes. I'm going to make him do that right now. Yeah. And here's Andy Roy. <laughs> And one of my favorite things about making the show is is getting to know uh, cool people. And one of the cool people that I've managed to get to know a little bit over the years is world-class skater, podcaster, mayhem maker, 
fucking author. Are you an author yet, Andy? You write anything? No, I, that's what I want to do. A lot of people have been telling me, you got to write a book. You got so many stories. So that's something I really want to do. Fucking motivational speaker, sober person, druggy buggy captain, fucking rehab worker, yeah. fucking yeah. the real thing. Andy Roy, welcome back to the show. Dude, thank, thank you very much. It's, a, it's an honor to be on it, dude. It's a pleasure. Dude, Golden State, huh? That's right, dude. We just made it to the finals. It's looking serious for Golden State. It is. It is. Yes, it is. I'm a big so, uh, Warriors fan. They're an amazing team. But uh, you haven't been on the show in a little bit. Last time you were on the show, you did a little story with Scummy Morrison. You guys were in the car and you, you kicked some good old school dopey. Before that was the harrowing relapse to, to come back to the world of recovery. What the fuck is going on with you now, Andy Roy? Catch us up. The Dopey Nation loves you, so catch the Dopey Nation up on what the fuck is going on. All right, all right. No, dude, everything's been great, dude. Like, since I got clean and sober, dude, I've been the happiest and healthiest I've ever been. Dude, I just moved into this new, I just got, like, I moved into this big room I got now, like. Fancy. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm li living on my own. It's it's cool. Um, skating, giving lessons. Clean and sober, man. Connected to what my work, the treatment center I work at, New Origins, who saved my life. My buddy Ron that owns it is just an amazing dude. And I owe a lot to him just from walking in those doors from my last relapse. I think we touched base on last time. Just when I walked into that, into those doors, you know, and I had spoke, I don't know if I told you that, like he, he had me come out and speak to everybody. And then I relapsed right after, right? And no, uh, tell us, break that down. Tell that story, please. Well, so Scummy got me, introduced me to Ron, and, and had me come speak. And, and to be honest, that's right when I was getting loaded. So I was like, just like getting loaded. And uh, I went out there and spoke. And um, like five months later, man, I'm, I'm like those people that were in the seats that were listening to me speak. When I relapsed and came back to like, or went to like, my, my ex-girlfriend reached out to Ron. I was like, Andy's on a bad one again. You know, he, he's using. So he, he was nice enough to let, let me come, you know, scholarship me because I had no money. And uh, I, 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 I sit down in the seats in there and dudes I'm sitting next to were like, yeah, I was sitting in those seats when you're up there speaking. So it was very humbling to like, it was hard to walk in there just five months after I was just up there trying to tell people, you know, just like my story and my struggles and stuff. And then I, I relapsed and I'm in the seats with some of these people that were up there, you know, sitting, watching me speak. So it was like hard to walk in there, but I did it. And it was the best thing I ever did. And uh, New Art Ron, uh, my, my sponsor, Josh, man, like they're just such good dudes and they just love and care about every client, every person that walks in there that's struggling with mental health or, or, addiction man they, they they truly care about you and just want the best for you and that that love you know like it, it went a long way with me and uh it changed my life forever you know what i mean like he saved my life you know like it's stuck and and he and ron is uh ron Hahn is the owner and he he was a pretty crazy dude himself he was probably crazier than i was and just like you know he got out of prison and like from flip-flops and like rode a bike a lot of miles to go to college and like 
was in like a, worked at a recover, like a, a, a rehab and he ended up like starting his own rehab. You know, he didn't like what was going on for whatever reason. And like, just wanted to do something different his way, you know? And, uh, he built it up to where he helps tons of people, man. And like, I, I haven't left yet. You know what I mean? I, I went through there eight months. I graduated. I just threw the, I just threw the towel in, man. Like I just like, I was such a mess. Like I, I need as much help as I can. I went in there willing, open to suggestions, um, therapy, counseling, the groups, morning and nights. And, uh, I just opened up, man. Like I just like, I just let everything out that I was holding in for so long. And, uh, it was the best thing for me, man. And it just like, it changed my life. You when know? was, it was that? Very humbling. When was that? Was that? When was that? That was two, like, so February 13th, 2020 is my sober, clean and sober date. So I went through the, he had a detox, dynamic detox. So I went through the detox. And then after you go through detox, you, you go to new origins. And there's like different houses as you like house one, you're there for like 30 days, you know, you, you program. And then after 30 days, you can get a job, you know, like you got, you got to like do a personal insight. He asked you to do things. And as you're doing it and, and you're doing everything they ask you to do and you're on the right track, then you move to another house and like get a job and start working and you do less groups, you know, and stuff like that. So you're like, there's like steps to where he, where you start being an adult and taking care of yourself to where you can go out in the real world and live and have a good life, you know, clean and sober. And I just stuck around. I became, after I graduated eight months, I, uh, he asked me to be a house manager because I get along with all the clients, man. I don't know. I just like, I believe it. I, I got a soft spot for, uh, we all, we all got a story. You have a story, like everybody that's been through addiction, alcohol, whatever it may be. We all have a story. And if you put that story out there, man, you, you, you might, someone might be able to relate to that by hearing your story and it could touch someone and something might click, man. And like, you could change their life forever, you know? So like, it was like, I just have a, like, I just like being around clients. I don't know. Like, I just like hearing their story, what they've been through, man. And I tell, tell my story, whatever, you know? And no, I get it. And, every uh, time, every time you've ever been on the show, I get such a response from people, how your story really touches them. And you're so like, just your heart is just like in your mouth. Like when you talk, your heart is like shining out through you and it's so obvious and like you touch people. So like the fact that Ron saw you actually ready to do it, he knew he had the perfect house manager. You know what I mean? He knew what he yeah. had. And, and, and being a house manager is a lot. You know what I mean? Like it, it is, it's like a 24 hour job and it was good and it, it wears on you. You know what I mean? But he, I worked there three days a week cause I do like my skating and I do host events and I do like other things. So he was, he was, uh, I was thankful that he let me be able to do that stuff too. go on skateboard trips, whatever I needed to do. Uh, cause he knew I have other stuff going on. So, uh, I was lucky to do that. So I didn't get burnt out too quick, you know, cause it's a lot of work, but I, I love it, man. Like, I, I don't know. It's just something I, I really dig. And, uh, yeah, man, like it, it's just, and to see people like from like when they first come in, you know, they don't know what they're going to do, you know? And like, I just tell them, man, just, just go just day by day, man. Just go, go with it. Don't, don't try and plan nothing. 
just work on, focus on yourself, man. Do what they ask you to do. It ain't a lot, but like little things like self care. There's, there's so much, you know, just go with it. Don't rush nothing. Focus on yourself and everything will fall into place. And that at least that's what happened for me. And I feel like if you just put in the work without you even trying to plan anything or like things just fall into place, good things, great things, you know, and that's what started happening to me. I have you know, a lot I, of questions. I, I, never, I have a lot of yeah. questions for you. First oh, question, oh, yeah. when you're, when you're, when you're making that speech and you're loaded, how loaded were you? And what were the feelings like when you're speaking to this room of people who are newly sober and you're supposed to be the, uh, the example and you're high, like, do you remember that experience? Yeah, I was just starting to get loaded, you know what I mean? But like to stand up there and just like, cause you, you know, you, you work the program and like, it's honesty, man. That's it's honesty. And all I did when I was on drugs is lie. You know, that's all I did every day. I was just lying. And my, you know, like when I got clean for, you know, when I went to rehab before, spoke like so many people were happy that I got clean and sober. You know what I mean? And like when I started using, I I didn't want, like I felt I was letting everybody down. So then I was hiding it, lying. And it just was building up. So like to get up there and stand to try and tell people, you know, like my heart was in the right intentions, but like I was lying, I was loaded, you know? And that's like, that's, that's not cool at all. So it, it was painful. You know what I mean? It was real painful. So it's just hard. My intentions are good. And like, I, 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 I did try and just, and what I spoke, I, I truly meant, of course. but I wasn't living, I wasn't living it. You know what I mean? It was just a fucking lie. So like, it just wasn't cool. And that's not, that's not how you live, you know, like that's, it's just not, it's not cool at all. But it's what we so, do. You know what I mean? It's like, if we're not like walking the path, that's what we do. So, I mean, like, I, it's like the second, the second you have a mood or mind altering substance in you kind of like all bets are off. And once it happened, it, it's almost like out of your control at that point. Um, you've been doing this for a million years, right? And you, and you're fucking on the path and you're on yeah. the beam. Are you like, what scares you? Like what's different now? Like, are you like, fuck, I've been this far before. Like, are you, do you, do you mind fuck yourself with, with where your sobriety is now? And like, cause you've gotten to two and a half years, right? Yeah. So like, so, do you... but, so now like honest, like straight up honest, honest, honesty, dude, I'm so happy. This is like the half, like I said, this is like, I finally gave it a chance. Like I, I've been clean and sober, like locked up plenty of times for years at a time, but that's behind a wall and, and that's different. You know, this time, this is on my own. I can go out and use drink anytime I want. Simple, easy. I've done it everywhere I ever travel around the world. I could find it. It's very easy, but dude, from, from my heart, from me giving it a chance, and being, being clean sober this long, like, dude, I don't trip on nothing. Like, dude, I'm like so happy. I'm so content. Like, this is like the best, like, it's like a high itself being clean and sober. Like, it, it's like the coolest thing ever. I'm more of a maniac I, ever now than I was when I was fucked up drinking, getting high or whatever and sketchy stuff. Like, and I just do it all in clean fun. Dude, I just have a good time. You know what I mean? I have boundaries. I, you know, I, I do events. There's people uh, th that 
recognize me like hey would you like a beer or like i'm smoking a joint and i'm like no i'm good thank you though you know i go thank you but i'm good you know right. what i mean i'm just like i i'm just happy like i just don't i i know what it leads to if i if i have one drink that one drink i'm gonna go get high and i i'm gonna go do it and i'm gonna be in the gutter i i i, I anything i do is 100 i do it to the pedal to the metal so like I just know, and I, 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 I'm 50 years old now, man. I've done all that. I've done, like, I just like, I'm just having such a good time being clean and sober. And, uh, and just my whole, be my human behavior is different, man. Like I was a real mean person. I was negative, little things like got to me, argument, like anyone, like I, I would just butt heads with anybody. It was my way or, or, or the highway, you know? And now, dude, I'm just like an open ear. Like I just like I, 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 confrontation. I, I'll get anxiety. I don't want no part of it. Which I like. That's how I lived forever. You know, I lived by that. I had a problem with someone I didn't like. I cut them off. It could be a friend that I know my whole life. We had one bad argument. We didn't get along. They're cut. They're out of my life. Now I live. You know, I mean, I could talk, communicate. You know what right. I mean? And like, it's just different. Like I'm just happy, man. It's like. It's just the best feeling ever. You know, I wish I would have caught on to this earlier, but no, it, didn't it's, go, it's, it didn't go it, down that way. It's and perfect the way like, it goes down, right? It, it, yeah. It, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I fucked a lot of stuff up and could have had opportunities and like maybe financially could have been better, whatever it may be. But like, this is the path I took. It was meant to be. And uh, I, I, I don't, I don't like dwell on it. I don't like, oh, fuck, I could have done, you know, like, nah, man, I'm living good now. Like, this is it right here. I'm having a blast. I'm like a little kid again. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the, it's just like I said, it's the best feeling ever. Well, I was it's talking to a, I'm sponsoring this kid and I was telling him about you and he was like, holy shit, Andy Roy, blah, blah. He like went bananas just when I mentioned your name. So like you've, you've, you've done so much cool stuff. You're only going to do more cool stuff. I remember the last time we spoke, it was kind of fucked up because you were like, you were out skating and you were on the scene and people were getting high around you. And they were like, yeah. you can get some of this, you can get some of that. And, and where was your head out then? Were you just like, what the fuck? I can probably handle this or it's not going to be that big a deal. Like what, what were you thinking? You think like what, what the last time, when was this, this, uh, I want to say before when when you were you were clean and you were you were just out of treatment and you were kind of you were doing some skating stuff and and there were people around you that were using and you were like all right I could probably use a little bit and it blew up like pretty quickly right is that oh, not yeah, what happened like the last time the, yeah like my last relapse yeah yeah you know what I mean so I got out and it was like the, the the place I was at it was like it wasn't very structured. I'm not gonna mention no name. I'm like put down like they're good people, but it just didn't have enough structure for me. You had a lot, lot, lot of free time, and I needed, I need structure. That's what I, I needed. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't there, and and it's me to blame 100. But I just thought like, oh, I'm doing all right, and you know, I was going to the skate spot, and dude kept asking me to get high, and like, nah, no, nah, I'm good. And then just one day, I just like. I can do this. You know what I mean? I, I, I can do it one time. And that one time just led me going into that relapse and doing everything, lost everything. That was you know, bad. What did life. he want you to, what did he want you to get high on with him? Just smoke weed? Well, he, or he, he, he did, he did speed and heroin. So I, I took a hit of speed, like, oh, well, it's not heroin. Cause that's right. my main problem. 
I could do that. And then the speed got me all weirded out because I hadn't done it for like five, whatever it was. I was clean five, six months. And that weirded me out. And then now I wanted the heroin to come down because I had to go back to the sober living house and uh, didn't want to be all weirded out. And heroin's going to still weird you out too, but it cut the edge. And it was just off to the races and lying and it just fell apart. You know what I mean? And it, it falls apart quick, man. It just felt like I... It's when, it's when heroin, heroin's like that home base in that situation. And if you do speed, it's like, please just get me home. I don't want to be all fucking crazy on speed. And you just want to yeah. fucking calm down. That was my relapse when I was in California. My friend was doing meth and I, and I, I didn't really want to do meth. I kind of just wanted like a shortcut to do heroin. So like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'll do meth and then I'll get some pills. And then I really want dope. So I'll do the dope. Um, yeah. so I can relate. Are you around any of these people? Like, like now when you're doing skate trips and you're traveling and you're doing this shit, are people fucking with you like that still? No, like dude, but really, I, I get a lot of people coming up to me like, dude, I got sober because of you. Like, dude, I'm so stoked. Like you're an inspiration. I get that so much now, like even over my skating and stuff, which is neat. Cause that, that keeps me going and wanting to keep on the right path. You know what I mean? It like, it like when people come up to me, it touches my heart. It really does. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like, like for what, what I've been through and like, they, they walk, they follow my story and like, dude, I got clean because of you. Like, dude, you're an inspiration. Like, dude, you like all the, all the stuff that people have said, I had people cry, like, dude, like in tears, like, dude, like, thank you. You know? And, uh, it, it really touches my heart. So that like, keeps me going too you know what i mean i'm just so deep involved in this recovery being clean and sober man like i don't ever want to let, let go of it you know what i mean like i i'm just i'm rolling with this man i'm not letting go of it you might you know? as well you know what i mean because it's like you're healthy it, it's crazy I, I just saw that uh that tony hawk documentary did you see that tony hawk documentary on hbo i started watching part of it. i still got like half of it i went through it's half long of it, but it's long yeah yeah, um, yeah. But I was amazed at the way, like, these guys and guys like you, like, they don't stop skating, right? You, they skate, no, we don't. Like, so, so how do you stay in shape at 50? How do you, how do you keep doing it? Like, are you, like, like, is it scarier as you get older? Do you do the same tricks? Like, what is it to be a 50-year-old skateboarder? I'm still a maniac on my skateboard. I still skateboard. I, I still skateboard like I did when I was younger. I still think like I could do everything I can. I, I still skate exactly how I did before. My body doesn't let me do what I have done before because just because I'm older, my body's pretty beat down, but I still try as much like, I still like think I got it. Like, I just don't let go of it. Like, I don't, I don't care if I eat shit, you know? And I like eating the pain. I just love pain for some reason. Like I'm just going for it, whether I make it or not. But I, you know, I, I, I try to eat, I eat better. I do eat better. I, uh, I cut out like fruit, sugar, and like, I eat a little bit of bread here and there, but I try and cut out like a lot of car, you know, I just try to eat healthy. That's helped a lot. And I exercise, I go to the gym. Uh, I work out in my room. I do nice. my little jailhouse, like from when I was locked up and, and that, that keeps my body in shape. So like, I, I still do, I still skate. I have more energy than I ever had before, you know, like. I can skate longer than these youngsters. I just don't got it like I used to, but like, I still like skate like a mania. I, I just won't let that go. 
Here's I, a know, stupid question. If, if you, if you fall, you have to fall. All skaters fall, yeah. right? Every, every day, all, all day long. So if you fall and you hurt yourself in the past, you could get loaded as shit and not feel the pain. Yeah. Is that a trigger at all? Not, not no more, man. Like I, I do Like I, I, I've hurt myself so bad skating. Like I, I just deal with it, man. Like it's just, it's part of it, you know? And when I first started skating, I, I wasn't high, you know? I mean, I, I drank and smoked weed, but like in the beginning I, I skated and I, I didn't use drugs when I got hurt. You know what I mean? So like, it's it's just part of it you know and the pain's good i feel like because that means you're getting some you're going for it you know so like i i, I was with scummy it wasn't skating but more because he's a motorcycle dude you know he's like a crazy uh fmx or whatever but he jumps and stuff so yeah i never rode a bike in my life and i always like man i i get on a motorcycle if i can figure this out i want to do backflips i want to go nuts so he introduced me to these bikes and I just like, he'd have to kickstart it, show me, like, it took me a, a lot to, cause you have to have like, a, there's a brake, a front brake, uh, gears, you gotta shift with your foot. It ain't like skating, you know? So like, I was, it was real foreign to me, but I was just to have that, that mental attitude, like, dude, I'm just gonna like, think I'm skating. Daredevil shit, the evil can evil shit. Yeah, I'm shit. just going for it. And he's like, dude, you're a fucking maniac. You're gonna die on these things, you know? And I just <laughs> like to go fast. I only know what to, like, to break, I just like, I didn't know what to do or break, so I'd try and use my feet like Freddie Flintstone, like crashing the wall, whatever. And I uh, was going nuts on a bike, and I I ate shit. I got nuts, went down like this little hill, and I like folded, went over the handlebars, and I tried to do like a skateboard tuck and roll. I was going so fast when I went to tuck, I hit my shoulder. Mm. Like I got bad shoulders. I I uh, broke my collarbone and broke my thumb, and. Uh, the adrenaline, so it, it, it was pretty fucking painful. I couldn't get my shirt off, but Scummy just loves the like. I'm like, what? What's the the, cra the crash dummy? The crash like, test like, dummy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like one of those. So he's like, oh, you're fine, you're fine. So he ended <laughs> up like after I did that later on that night, there was like a uh, like a pit bike for the smaller bikes, like a contest, like to jump over the pole, how high it goes. And I had a broken collarbone, like a broken thumb. It was like swollen. My shoulder, I could barely move it, but I still got on the bike and there was like this gnarly jump and I had tried it like in the past and I never made it. I kept eating shit. So I, we have a buddy, Colby Raha. He's like one of the gnarliest on a motorcycle right now. I followed him and I ended up jumping it on a broken collarbone and a broken thumb and landed it. And then I was jumping over this pole. The next day it was a different story. It like. I couldn't move. I was out for like six months. My thumb was like, I couldn't move, but like the drilling, I was just so stoked. Uh, it, it was like, that that's a drug for me. You know what I mean? It was just like pure fun. I could feel everything. Like, so like the pain is like a true feeling, you know? So like I, I live for that, you know? It's the pain I, and the adrenaline, right? The yeah, pain and the living, adrenaline is dude. like fuel. For me, like, I, I'm like, I hurt my thumb. I'm like, I'm not getting up. I break my collarbone. I'm not, I'm not getting out of the house. I'm not, you know, it's like, I, I love hearing it from you though, dude. Cause you're a superhero, yeah. Andy Roy. You're a superhero. <laughs> That's all I have to say. What was the worst <laughs> skateboarding injury you ever had? I, uh, I, I the worst one. Well, I, I tore my ACL. Ugh. That one was pretty bad because I was out, you know, like you can't walk. But I broke my ribs. I've, I've separated my shoulders. Those ones are bad. 
I separated my shoulder. My buddy Jake Belts wanted me to ollie like this this section out of skate park or in Potrero, and I I like ate shit and landed on my shoulder, and there was like a big bone sticking out. And my buddies are all, oh, it's just popped out. It's popped out. So they were grabbing my arm, trying to pop it back in, but it was separated. It wasn't popped out. So like that one was pretty painful because you can't sleep right. You know what I mean? Cough or anything. Like all of them are pretty painful. Like the ribs, I broke the ribs. I fractured my, I didn't do my, my one sternum skating, but I did that at a skate King of the Road at the finale. But that one was painful. But the ACL probably is a good one or the separated shoulders, both of them. And, in and the you, collarbone. In your skating career, did you ever skate with Tony Hawk or against him or anything? I skate. The, my very first pro contest was at the Powell Skate Park, which he wrote for. And I used to, it was in Santa Barbara at the Powell Skate Zone. And I used to skate this park all the time. It was my first, I wrote for Santa Cruz Skateboards. I, I, I loved the park. I had a great lot. I skated, I, I knew the park very well. And then my first contest was there. And I like I'm in a heat with like Tony Hawk and all these guys. And you know, right. I had all their posters on, all these guys yeah. I looked up to. And I was like, I told Santa Cruz Skateboards, like, dude, I I, I can't I, I I I don't deserve to be pro. Like there's no so I chickened out and I didn't enter it. You didn't but do I it. Skate, I didn't do it. I was like, dude, I'm not worth I'm like, dude, I'm I shouldn't even be a pro skater, you know? And I could have probably done really well, but I was just like, nah, dude, I saw dude, this is Tony Hawk and JJ Rogers and all these gnarly dudes, you know, I was just like, nah, man, I pat, I pushed out or whatever. And I chickened out. And then I have skated some contests, like back to the city, San Francisco. I have skated a few contests with them. And, uh, yeah, he, he's just a gnarly dude. And I was with Bam Margera and we went out and skated with him, uh, at his place. So, uh, me and Steve-O actually, me and Steve-O went and set some launch, like, uh, some wall ramps up to his wall and all three of us, like, did like a trip, like one after another, like wall rides on these ramps. So Steve-O brought, and, and Tony's a rad dude, you know, like for as long as she, he's older than me, he's been around a lot. He's done a lot for skateboarding, you know, but he's as fucking straight as an arrow, right? Were you, were you loaded or were you sober when you skated with him? I, I was, I was sober. Nice. I was sober at that time. I was right before I relapsed. I was, so I was sober. I was hanging out with Steve-O. And, I remember and we when you were going out to the East Coast with, with Bam Spot, right? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he just got out I, of rehab, right? Yeah, he, yeah. I just spoke to him the other day. You know, he, he's doing good. He just got injured skating. He, he I, broke his yeah. uh, elbow and wrist. I saw that. He, he showed me a photo. He sent me a photo of his. It's like super bruised and like. Uh, swollen, you know, we're all, he showed it to you. He showed it to you because he knows that you fuck yourself up and you're going to know his (laughs) pain. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he'll uh, appreciate this. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, Go ahead. What are you about to say? I'm happy for bam, dude. That he, he went through what he did. Uh, uh, Cause I was with him right before he, he, you know, when he started getting, getting you drinking again and getting off his meds and uh, I could just see it kind of deteriorating like his, his well being, as you would say, and, and it just getting worse. So like, you know, like it, it, you have to go on a little path before and like whatever, however he got there, like whether it was his decision or not, However, he got put in there. I'm just glad he he went and he stuck with it. He, you know, like 
I'm pretty sure he ha he had to stay. He did have to stay there. He, he lets it be known. Like he, he, if he left, he gets arrested and they put him back and he starts over. You know what I mean? So it was like a conservatorship or something where like he was put in there and he had to stay there for as long as, until they said it was okay to leave, you know? But somehow that's the way you save somebody's life. He could go to jail. You know, some people would be like, fuck it. I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to get fucked up. I mean, that's how Artie Lang got sober too. They were like, either you're going to fucking go get sober or you're going to go to jail. And, uh, and yeah. that's what he did too. And it's like, um, it sounds like he's doing okay, you're saying. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him, and he seems good. I spoke to him on phone, text, all that, and uh, he seems great. You know what I mean? And I just hope he sticks with it. I I, I know. He he will. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think he ever wants to, you know, like, he's go not to treatment a person again. Go to, right. gets told what to do, and I think that he knows if he goes in that direction again, he could end up right back where he, he just went, where, you know what I mean? So I, I, I'm... My bets are on him. He's going to stay clean. I, I, he, he could do it and sober. Anybody and sober. can do it. It's like oh, we he, do it. We do it just by doing it every day. There's nothing else to it besides not doing it every day or doing it every day. That's right. it. Right. And I'll tell you what, I was a lot, cra I was a lot deeper into it. He was. So if I could do it or like you or just, you know, there's crazier people that done, done crazier stuff than I have that have done it. So like it's there. It, it could be done. It's proven. You know what I mean? It's just you gotta want it, you know what I mean. And you, you, if if you don't want it, don't waste no. Go do your thing then, and then see how that works out for you. And usually, it's not a good outcome, you know. Absolutely, it's just making a decision. You either do it or you don't do it. And all we can do is our own thing. Like, I like Bam Bam Margera came on with uh, Novak in DopeyCon two. He was on. Like he was in the dopey universe with Novak and dopey Contu. He's never been on the show. Maybe one day he'll come on the show, but right. we know all we do is what we can do and whatever he does, like, you know, you hope for the best, you know what exactly. I mean? But, it's, but we can only do our thing. You know what I mean? And hope that that our good shit helps somebody else a little bit, you know? Yeah, ex exactly. Cause bam, see me when I was all fucked up. So like, you know, and, and maybe like, damn, Andy's still clean and sober. Like, all right, right something might be working or like, dude, he looks happy, you know, or whatever it may be. Maybe that'll click and uh, it'll pass it on to him and he'll he'll want to ride on that, 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 that deal too. You know what I mean? Because totally. he's very creative. You know what I mean? We all are when, when we're not on drugs, all of us. Like everybody, you know, like. Dude, you get you get off the dope and drink and do man. You you can do you can do whatever you want in life, man. You can do whatever you, can do you whatever want. You want exactly. I, I told. Which brings us to our next segment, which is the new segment. Ask Andy Roy. Now, yeah. Andy has done advice here and there. We have a, a very close friend of our show. She's an author. Her name is Aaron Carr. We do an Ask Aaron section. So I do not want the Ask Andy Roy section to disrespect Aaron in any way. I just always love your voice, and I saw you're doing some advice, so I'm going to throw you a question here. You uh, good? Okay. Yeah, bring it. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Okay. Dave, I'm two years, two months, 20 days clean in Narcotics, Nar in Narcotics Anonymous in Australia. I have been miserable due to PMDD, a, med a medical endocrine condition that renders me legitimately suicidal half the month, CPSTD and PCOS, whatever these things are. Um, okay. I have a therapist, sponsor, home group, service physician, do the step work, always have... Uh, Medicated with a GP, which I think is just like a doctor. Seen a psychiatrist, seeing an expensive endocrinologist, 
a specialist on a fucked up restrictive diet at the moment called the bean protocol and try to heal it at its core. I do root and sacred chakra meditations, the whole lot, recovery, Dharma meditation groups. Uh, and I'm still suicidal. I don't smoke anymore, drink coffee or even herbal tea, just beans, lean protein, stemmed vegetables, steamed vegetables, stemmed, steamed vegetables and warm water. <laughs> and now I'm in so deep into recovery and healing and still want to die and feel this incredible sense of dread upon immediate consciousness in the morning and anxiety, doom, spiritual malady and terror all day. And yes, I've prayed and accepted and surrendered to turn it over. Now I'm thinking it's life preserving for me to microdose mushrooms to get some healing for whatever fucked up inner child shit is flaring up as PTSD, PMDD and PCOS. But I can't share this with my sponsor. Uh, I will. It seems easier in the moment to ask you first or Aaron or Andy thoughts. And yes, I will go to a psychedelics and recovery meeting on zoom tomorrow night. Do you know about that fellowship? That's all I know. But yeah, desperate for some oxygen toodles. Uh, to be clear, I've slugged it out for this entire two years, two months, and 20 days, uh, as described. For a few weeks, I would throw up upon waking from a feeling of grief and terror and panic. Uh, what do you think, Andy? This woman, and her name is Catherine. What do you think? And just in case Catherine is listening, before we go to Andy's advice, I want to let everyone know that we are going to get more advice from Aaron Carr of Ask Aaron after Andy gives his advice. Now, here's Andy's advice. That's a rough, rough story. Australian well, Catherine. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor with the mental health, so I don't know about that stuff, but like, it seems like he's putting in the work and stuff, but I would think like, uh, hanging out with people that are doing rad stuff, for, for me, like, well, everyone, we're all going to have bumps in the road, right? We all get those. If you're around good people and solid people that are just doing cool stuff, I, I think that will, will, uh, will come to you, you know, like it'll be, you can feed off that and by being around the happy, good, positive people, that's just another like something that he could do. I don't know it or she is, uh, around people like that or it might be isolating you know what i mean thinking too much but be open with what you know need to be honest with your sponsor you need to let them know everything when you hold stuff in that's going to weigh on you sure. and, and and that 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 i could bring a that that could get bad you know so you got to be open and uh so she just be you just got to it seems like she's doing a lot to, to like. The question is though, she's thinking about she's thinking about microdosing psilocybin. What do you think? What what's the Andy Roy opinion about this new microdosing craze? Like mush, like microdose, like mushrooms, and like yeah, I've done all that. The, the best I ever skated was on acid, and I'm not promoting that. But that was when I was okay. younger. But you, yeah, but like no man, like anything that that's uh all. A mind altering, mind or mood altering. You know what I mean? Like, no, like that. I just don't. I don't believe in that. Like, it's got to be pure. You know what I mean? And I just like, yeah. I've heard people say that stuff, but like, man, you could take that stuff and then 
you can go so far, man, where you just, it, it, you don't come back. You know, some people like just trip out, whatever you get some bad stuff. Like it, you, you get bad. It, it don't matter what it is. If it's a, from the ground, a mushroom, you could still like, it can be too Spin much. Out. and she's talking about she's talking about these very very small they're they're giving these small dosages of mushrooms and ecstasy uh for depression and ketamine all this shit for for depression now um no because anything that you get high on there there's a come down there's a come down and it's something that can make you so happy enjoy life and like oh man this is great it don't last forever. None of that it's stuff dangerous. lasts forever. Especially for someone gonna, like you or me. Absolutely. Right. And, and you're going to have to come down from whatever plant, whatever you, you're enjoying, where you went on that, you, you, it wears off. And, 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 and it's just going to go back to where you were from the very, right from the beginning. You know what I mean? So I, 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 my, my advice is I just stay away from that. Just stick with what she's doing, eating right. And just just stick with that eating right. Be open. Like I yeah, I don't agree with that one at all. Like no. Try to be around the positive people. I like that. I have another one. You ready for the other one? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. All right. He says, Hey Dave, I hope you guys had a nice holiday up there in New York. All is well in Philadelphia, South Jersey. Uh he says this isn't a show worthy email, but don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. but I just ask that you don't use my name if you do decide to read this somewhere. I started out for the first time in a few years. I started working out for the first time in a few years, and I can't believe how weak I am. It's pitiful. I'm like the dopey praying mantis in human form. When I started working out, I could only do 10 push-ups before being totally shot in the ass. Now I'm doing 100 per day, but I have to break them up like crazy to hit 100. Typically, I do 20, 15, 15, then five sets of 10. I take breaks between each set, so it takes a while, but we eventually get it done. And then I, I've been bragging that I've been doing 200 push-ups every morning. So he says, <laughs> I'd love to know how you do your sets to get to 200 every morning. And how long did it take before you got to the point where 200 was your norm? I'm in the process of stepping off Suboxone. And the exercise has been a huge help as we taper down. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking less than one milligram a day now after nearly five years of medicated assisted treatment. We have a lot of work left, but I'm confident in our plan and committed to getting off for good. Uh, what's your experience with uh, with the taper and getting strong when you're coming off of medically assisted treatment? The taper, well, you're, you're you know you got that stuff in your system. That like I, I like when I went to detox, they gave me suboxone, and uh, as it got lower, I, when it started getting lower is when you start feeling it a little bit more. I would I would work out. I do push ups too, but at, like after. After you get off of it, you know, you get the little sweat for a few days and whatnot. I just rest up and I try and eat a lot, like real good. Like what, what I'm getting off of it, because you need that protein and just like food in you. And then you start getting that energy back and you start getting the strength back. And I just start doing push-ups and I start doing push-ups. And like he's like he said, you know, you can only get 10, you do 10. And then you keep doing that. Then it goes to 20 or whatever, you know, and you just keep bumping up, pushing yourself. So like, yeah, the eating, like, the, yeah, the tapering sucks, but like, that's just when you're like, that's just when you just, I, I, for me, I like eat good, try to eat good, try and get like some weight Put on good me. shit in, good yeah, shit in. Yeah, get that good shit in, because you need that for your body, man. That gives you energy. 
and uh and then you start starting to feel a little better that just it, it's strengthen your mind by eating right. right you know and then that motivates you to like oh i want to get some push-ups in you know what i mean and you just push yourself and then i'm going to do five more and then t you know what i mean so I, I do i do i do i try and do like a thousand if i'm not if i don't go to the gym i, I do squats and I do a thousand push-ups, like incline, wow. decline. You know what I mean? And, but I so how do you do? I, how do you do the thousand? How do you break it up? I do tw twenty sets of twenty-five. I do twenty-five at a time. So twenty sets of twenty-five push-ups. Yes. Yes. Incredible. I do two yes. sets of two hundred of a hundred. I do a hundred, yes. then I take a break, then I do a hundred. But that's it. I got to get my my push-up game up. I got yeah, yeah, to get. No, it's good. Two hundred push-ups is great, man. Push it's not enough. Are you kidding me? I, yeah, but I that's know. up to I, you. You got to get that. You know I what I know. mean? Like, I know. Ugh. What's the longest you were ever on Suboxone for? Well, I had never been on it long because when I was on the streets, I was always doing heroin. But I would buy Suboxone. So, like, if I went somewhere and I couldn't get heroin, I'd have Suboxone. You right. know, like when I went to Bams once. I knew there wasn't heroin out there, so I had a whole stack of them, and I would take those. It's not the same, but it doesn't make you sick. Or when I, I was going on skateboard trips, I'd buy methadone or Suboxone, you know, but the Suboxone are, you know, like they're tiny. They're like little things, so you could just put it. They're easy to hide, hide yes. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was never really like just took Suboxone as this like my, my go-to drug or nothing. That was just like a safety net for when I didn't have heroin what so about like, long-term did you ever do long-term methadone uh, yes i have man i have i was on i well, i always stayed i always do the 21 day programs and they'd always try and get me on maintenance and everyone's like you don't want to be on maintenance and then i finally did go on maintenance and i was still using and then i got arrested and i went to jail mm. uh. and back then now they give you methadone in jail when i was going to jail you didn't they didn't give you nothing you'd be lucky if you got a benadryl or something an advil right. you know and i remember i the kick was 45 days i didn't sleep for 45 days i thought i was dying and it was in you a were. sketchy it was a sketchy jail like it was a, a violent jail it was a uh, not a good place to like be sick and weak and it was like run by Mexicans back, you know, it wasn't like, it was like their jail. So white boys didn't have nothing coming and I was just sick and 45 days, I'd like maybe sleep a minute here and there if I was lucky, but like, it, it, it was bad, man. The methadone, you die off that stuff, man. If you're on a high dosage and they just take, strip you from it. Like I, I, it was the worst kick I ever had ever. I was on methadone for years. Uh, and I never had to kick like that. I, I kicked, you know, I kicked with the program and, and whatever. How long were you in jail that time? That time I was, I think I did a eight, eight months. It was a eight, eight month stint I did. So after the 45 days, how did you get through? Was it just like, cause that's kind of this guy's experience coming off the Suboxone after those 45 days, how did you get your strength back? What, what was like, did you use in that, in that bit or no? No, I didn't use. And, but like, you could, I didn't have no appetite, you know what I mean? So I was still weak. So like throughout the 45 days, I was barely, I forced myself to eat, but Injuries. like I was barely gaining weight, you know? And then after the 45 days, the 50, 55, you know, I, I was starting to eat more. And then once like, you know, like 
couple months, few months, dude, you just start eating like a hot, your appetite starts coming back. And I was just like, just shoveling food. Like, man, you, you're missing a lot of food. So like my body just was just craving food. So I just eat as much as I could to build up. Cause it's not a good feeling when you're skinny, sucked up in jail. You no, know what I mean? Cause you have been in there for a long time and they're healthy working out and looking like monsters. And you're just like some feeble guy walking in there. And I'm just like, this ain't, this ain't a good environment to be weak and not be able to defend, you know, like, yeah, I can fight or whatever, but like, how much damage can you do when you're, I, I'm, I'm coming in a hundred pounds, you know, 110 pounds, like soaking wet. So like, once I get past where I can start sleeping a little, all right, I'm getting a day now, like half a night or whatever, like the sleep started happening, you know? And then like the, the my, my hunger was just, it, it just started kicking in. And then I was just like eating as much as I could stacking that weight up and you just start feeling it and you know what i mean start feeling better and just start doing push out you know like yeah it's just not fun being being dope sick in uh in jail not at no. all no not it's, a good it's, place it's not fun be being dope sick anywhere but it sounds anywhere. like you were you were in a bad spot but that's perfect advice for this guy so do yeah. do your fucking your small little uh, 10, 20 at a time, but just keep doing them. And, and like what you them. said to Catherine, surround yourself with positive people, eat good food. These are great pieces of advice. I think yeah, it's great. absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I support the Ask Andy Roy section. Now, <laughs> yeah. before, before we go, right, you've told a lot of fucking fucked up stories on the program, which I'm very grateful for. My yeah. favorite one was the horrible home invasion story. Like that one, I, that one still keeps me up at night. The yeah. Andy Roy home invasion story. Can you think yeah. of a story that maybe you haven't told that you'd be willing to share with our audience before you go? Yeah. So I was digging it when you, when we spoke before on the phone and like, I was like, man, good story. Uh, I, I remembered one and uh, I was in San Francisco and I was living at that SRO that I tell stories about where, it yeah. was all prostitutes and drug addicts. And uh, I see people die. I, it was just a crazy environment that I lived in. But uh, I had that SRO, but I had a girlfriend at the time that lived in, in North Beach, which is across the city by like Alcatraz and stuff. Now the, the SRO was in the mission. District, so it's across the city. And uh, I was at the SRO. And I was like, I gotta get high before I, I, I go there. Cause she, she didn't know about my drug use. So I, I did some heroin. And then there was uh, the, the my homegirl Sarah. She uh, w she was strung out on uh, GHB, the date rate, the, like the, the put you out drug. So right. I would uh, so I, I did some heroin. I got I went and visit her, and I did like a couple caps. She filled up like a water ball, like the lid, and like and I would I did a couple of those. And then I, I and then I even stopped by my other another room in the SRO that had some oxycontins and I think I popped like one or two of those and uh, went on my way and jumped on the bus and she's like well can you stop and get me a burrito like a burrito to bring home and I'm like yeah I got you so I stopped and got her burrito jumped on the bus yeah and I remember getting on the bus and then I got woken up on the bus with everybody off the bus. And he's like, you got to get off the bus, dude. And I was like, where am I? And like, so I get off the bus. And I, it was like, been a while. I was supposed to get off like a couple of exits before. It was like the end of the line, end of the night. Get off the bus, dude. Like, I'm getting off work. I got to close this bus down. And I get off and like hours had gone by. And she wanted this burrito like three hours ago, right? And like, yeah. so I go, I have to go through this tunnel to get to, to where her place. 
and I get through this tunnel. I got my skateboard. I got her little, like her bag with her burrito and it's a pretty long tunnel. And I, I, I start skating through it and everything kicks in again. Right. And all I remember is the burritos on the ground. It like had like the bags open. I was like hunched over, like, like, you know, like completely like chin to chest and, uh, the burritos on the ground, it had opened up and like it fallen apart a little bit. And I was like, Oh my God, she's going to be mad. So I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I took a bite out of it to make it look like, it, like <laughs> I opened it up. You know what I mean? Like I was hungry. So I needed a bite and people, I remember when I was like hunched over, I look up and people were just walking by like, dude, this dude's out of it. My skateboard was on the ground. And so I started skating again and I skated. And next thing I know, like, I'm on the ground again. The burritos, like, uh, still on the ground. Like, didn't over explode, but the, the bag was there. My skateboard's, like, way down, and I'm just passed out on the on in this tunnel. I couldn't get out of this tunnel. I couldn't get out of it. I started panicking, like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this tunnel? Right? And I just, like, and it seemed it was five miles long, you know? And it, it was probably just a few blocks long, but I was just, like, dude, I can't get out of this tunnel. I'm so fucked up on this GHB heroin, these pills. I'm like, dude, I'm never going to get out of this tunnel. Like I'm just going to be stuck here. And this, <laughs> my girlfriend's wanting her burrito. She's going to wonder why I'm trying to hide me being high. So I finally like my skateboard, like flew under the rail. So it was like, I couldn't find my skateboard anywhere. I was like, someone stole my skateboard when I was knotted out on the ground. So I look over the rail and it was like in the street and I grabbed it. So I freaked out and I'm like, I'm gonna push as fast as I can to get out of this tunnel. And I started pushing I seen like the end of it, like the daylight, like, like, all right, there's like the end of the tunnel, dude, I'm getting out of this, dude, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and like, I'm pushing as fast as I can. And they're doing like construction at the end of the tunnel and there's like a scaffolding. And I like push and I like, like kind of like ollie off like the curb. And as I ollie up, I headbutted the, the scaffolding and it like knocked me out and I was laid out again. I had woken up, I was on the ground again, but I made it out of the tunnel. I finally get back to like, get to the house. And she's like, really? It's like five hours later. I'm like, I got your burrito, right? I tried to wrap it up like it was all good still, you yeah. know? She unwraps it and there's like a couple bites. Uh, and she's like, really? Like, I was like, yeah, I got hungry. And she knew I did like did GHB a little bit. And she's like, what happened? I was like, I took a little GHB. I, I, I felt I couldn't get out of this tunnel. So it was kind of funny to her, but like, dude, it was this crazy. I, I just thought I was never going to get out of this tunnel. I just was like, dude, I'm going to be stuck here. I kept passing. I just kept waking up. People are walking by. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, it was crazy. I, and I, I could hold my drugs pretty good, but like, Dude, I, I was there was no control. There was nothing I could do to snap out of it. I was that fucked up. Yeah, the in a tunnel. burrito tunnel, GHB scaffolding bites out of the burrito. Thank you. That you delivered. Welcome. You delivered the goods. And and Andy Roy is a good chance. Andy said you'll come to DopeyCon three October first, New York yes, City. Yes, I would love to. I would love to. Absolutely. All right, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, you're on the you're 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 on the the ticket. So I'm okay. excited as hell to meet you in person. Oh, definitely. 
And I would love to come back anytime. I'll dig up more stories. I got plenty of them, man. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. I love talking to you. And uh, you're a fucking amazing example for everybody. And I love to see you so happy. And I love to hear your stories. Uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, like life couldn't be better, man. Like I I just, to anybody out there that's struggling, man, um, just, just give it a chance, man. Just give it a chance. If you just like are willing to put in a little bit of work and give it a chance, man, I guarantee it, man. It, it, it's a, it's a, it'll be the best decision you ever make. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I, and I have to just say, man, I, you know, I, I, I try to help people get into my, to my treatment center. I don't know if I could plug it. Can I put sure, my little Sure. Sure. So, yeah, of course. So like I, I have, I have a number and it's, it's nine zero nine. Eight zero 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 four four two New Origins in Redlands, California. But anyone can come. I like if you're struggling, please give me a call. If there's anything I could do to, to help you get in and get some help, man, please give me a call. You know, all I don't right. wish Any, this on nobody. No, and 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 all we can do is do our best to help the next person, and it makes everything better. I, I, it I does. let me. I have one more question. I forgot my other question. You mind one more yeah. question? Did you ever have experience with body brokering? Like, did you ever body broker? Did you ever have to deal with that shit? No. When I w- went to treatment in Florida, when like Novak and uh, Tim Ryan and uh, Bob Marrier, sober coach. I don't know if you know him, Bob. He's a big-time interventionist guy. And I've Steve, heard of those him. Guys, when they got me to Florida, um, there, there was a, they, they, they got us all the clients in to sit down and they're like, there was word of people be, being brokering, whatever that brokering, whether they're getting paid to go into treatment. I knew nothing about it before. And they're like, we catch anyone doing this stuff. You guys are kicked out. So, uh, that's the first I heard of it. I know it goes down, but that's what's so rad about my boss, Ron. He don't play. That's why I think me, I, I don't know what it was where he worked at before. I, I, I can't. 100% say that's what was going on, but like, that's why he started hit the new origins is because he, he, he don't play that stuff. He, he truly from his heart wants the best for all these people that walk in the doors at new origins and like, good. So he don't play that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that stuff ain't cool, man. Like paying to get people high and going into treatment. Like that, that's like against like everything we're trying to do, man. Like, no, we're trying to save people's lives, man. Like there's people's lives, at, at danger you know what i mean like this fentanyl is taken i just lost lost a couple of friends just last week or a couple of weeks ago like a guy that i work with you know that was doing good finally got his own place thought he could just use drink a little bit and get high and then nodded out and never woke back up you know what i mean rest in peace Nola. you know like it, it happened like it, it's a different ball game these days it, you can't just uh experiment and just like oh i'm gonna try this like you're rolling the dice. You know, you don't know what you're getting. It's in Coke. It's in speed. It's in the pills or benzos. Babies, sure. You know? you, what, what about, what about, did you have a lot of experience with fentanyl? I, 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 by the time I stopped using it, wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? When, when, when you were out there, did you have a lot of experience with it or any experience with it? Well, I, I was all the, the heroin guy, but when I went out to BAMS out back East, cause it's more like China wire, like the powder and like yeah. fentanyl out there. So, I ended up going to what's it, Kensington? That that place. Kensington outside of Philly, Kensington. Yeah, right. So like I met one of Bam's friends. 
I'm like, dude, I, I need to find like some dope. And they're like, dude, we're not like, I don't know where to get it. He lived out in the middle of nowhere in uh, Westchester, Bam did. And he's like, his buddy's like, I'm not taking you out there. That place is sketchy. Well, I met one of his friends, uh, the dude's friends. She was a girl. She was sick. And she's like, I'll take you out there. That's the only place. You can just get it on the street. And we drove out there. And I heard the place is sketchy, right? But I was like, see, I'm like, dude, I, 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 I'm, we're going. And so I went out there. It was at nighttime. She was like a pretty girl. So I had her park. And it was cold out. It was like really cold out. So they're like got the big puppy jackets. They got those uh, the things that cover your face to keep your face warm, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. nighttime. So I was like, you park down the street. Anything happens to me, you just take off. Just go. Because I didn't want nothing to happen to her. So I go out there. Never been there before. I've heard about it. Like it's sketchy. And I hit this dude up. And he's like, yeah, follow me. She starts taking me down this dark road. And it started getting darker and darker. He's got a big puppy jacket. I can't see his face. Right. And I, I'm like, dude, this dude's taking me down a dark road and he's going to rob me, pull a gun, whatever it was. I'm like, I'm good, man. I, I'll figure this out. So I, I jammed back and found it somewhere else. But it, it was fentanyl. And it came in like little, like, like a, like a band-aid comes in, like, like little, no, like little paper things. And they put it in there and you rip the thing off and pour the powder out. But it was fentanyl and, uh, like wax it, it, paper. Yeah, like a wax paper type deal. So I got like a bindle of those, whatever, however, it was 80 bucks for a bindle or something. But uh, it, it, it fucked you. I didn't have legs on it, but like it, it, it was, you know. It, and you I shot didn't know it or you smoked it? I, I, I snorted it. Okay. Yeah. Everyone I says they don't shoot did. fentanyl. Huh? Everyone says they don't shoot the fentanyl. They just smoke it. Yeah. You snorted you, it. Yeah, I snorted it. Yeah. You knew it was fentanyl? Really of, huh? Did you know it was fentanyl? Yeah, I did. That's what was going on out there. I did. But like, I was, you know, like you're, you're sick. You're going to do anything you can to get well, you know? So I didn't care. I but is that it, why, it, is, is that why you didn't shoot it though? Because you were like, fuck, I don't know how strong this is. No, at, at that time, like I shot my, all my veins are gone. I, I have not, dude, I shot it in my wiener. I shot it in my neck. I shot it in my forehead, my feet, every, you know, just like anyone else has, but like, uh, so my veins were gone. So I had to snort it or smoke stuff at that point, you know, but I snorted it and it, it got you high. It didn't last that long, but like, it, it was like different from heroin. That's for sure. You right. know? So that was like the, the, really the only time I, I did it when I was out back in Pennsylvania, when I was staying at BAMS, it was, it was fentanyl, but I caught the tail end of it. So that was like really the only time it was all heroin during my, when I was running around. So I'm lucky I missed that fentanyl thing. Cause like, it's like a little grain of salt, man. You could just take a hit. Heroin, you had to shoot it up to OD. You know, smoking it, you never OD'd. No. Fentanyl, you could smoke it one hit and and you could die. You know, like it's a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's scary. I'm yeah, glad it's I really scary. Yeah, yeah, I mean that. I mean that. A lot of our audience, you know, that's what killed Chris. That's what killed my friend Todd. That's it's like it, it takes people out quickly. But I, yeah. I appreciate that story, man. Yeah, you really you came you came through with the dopey and the clutch. You had good advice. Yeah. It was yeah. a beautiful, beautiful time, and I can't. I, I only can thank you. So thank you, Andy. Oh, dude. Oh, you're welcome anytime, Dave. Like, dude, I I love coming on, dude. I appreciate it, man. Uh, your inspiration, dude. Like, we're we're in this together, man. Like, we're in this together. We got this. You know what I mean? Right, cool, we're, we're a big family, whether we've we met in person or not. You know what I mean? Like, 
we, we've been through some stuff, the same stuff, you know what I mean? And that, that's like, and when you see someone that's been through some crazy stuff and get sober, dude, that, that, that motivates me. Like, man, they, they can do what I want. And, and, and you smile too, dude. You're like, you can, you can see it on you. And that, 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 that shines back on me. And like, I want some of what Dave's got. You know what I mean? So like, mm. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Gets me fired Thank up. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank okay. you so much. This was my this uh, is my favorite appearance of yours, by the way, because we get to uh, see each other. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. This is great, man. We got to do yeah. this every time like this. I like yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Andy, yeah. man. Have a great, uh, great day. All right. You too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it from my heart. Me too. Be in touch, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Have right a good on. day. Thanks, man. You too, right. man. Later. All right. Bye. <laughs> So that was the wonderfully animated and incredibly sober and talented and just overall dreamy Andy Roy. And now back on the show after a little bit of a hiatus, the wonderful fucking, what do we say? We say strung out <laughs> author and we say elite, un equestrian. <laughs> elite equestrian and unlicensed advice columnist, Aaron Carr. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, so what did you think of Andy? Andy was great. I mean, he's it's really hard not to like him. He's, he's so likable. He's very likable. He's got a lot of energy. And I think that he has the type of sobriety that will be really attractive for people, for, for certain people, you know? Especially skaters. Yes, and, definitely. And if you're not a <laughs> skater, though, he, he's just fucking, what's the word? He's uh, contagious. He is uh, he's unbridled joy personified. He, I mean, he definitely has that thing that in 12-step programs, they talk about like they see something like they want what you have. Attraction rather yeah. than promotion. Yeah. And, and he also was at the, the, the deepest depths of addiction. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and he's he, you can see him really enjoying his recovery, which I love. And um, like when I, I introduced him saying how happy I was to know him, and I, I really am, you know, yeah. like it, it's like, and he's like, he's exactly the way he is on the podcast in real life, right. as far as I know. And I'm also very happy to know you, ask Aaron Carr. Thanks. Me too. Happy to know you. And, and also, uh, we recorded that on video. So on, it's going to be on Dopey Patreon right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Bob Weir interview, the horrible Bob Weir interview is going to be on <laughs> Patreon right now. And, uh, and next week there might be a... Uh, an Aaron Carr Patreon. Yes. And there's a Jeremy Patreon up right now, too. So much happening on Patreon. Yeah, so subscribe to Patreon. I don't, I don't mention this enough. We, we're, in, we're in a partnership with the brilliant candle company called the North Avenue Candle Companies. They make these candles. I'm looking at them right now. Very They're high really quality. Cute. Smell. Okay. Smell. Ooh, that smells really good. That is uh, what it says this on the back. This is a... Herbal remedy. That's the herbal remedy smell. This is the teetotaler smell. Okay. What is it? What does the teetotaler smell like? Tea. Ooh, I like that. What, what's the What's the picture on it? It has uh, the fool, a tarot card. Uh, the, the dopey fool, fool which is yeah. art made by dopey OG. Oh, yeah, it's the dopey fool. <laughs> Colleen Marie. And uh, if you guys want dopey candles, the link is on the dopeypodcast.com. But it is also available at NorthAvenueCandles.com slash collections slash dopey. Do you know what I really like about these? What? <laughs> I mean, I like a lot about them. But what I really like is that they're in uh, those little jars that have a lid 
which I like because I hate going to light a candle and it's dusty on top. Do you know what I mean? Well, that, that means a lot. I, mean, I went to Aaron's apartment and her fucking pantry it's like a hospital room <laughs> it's not she what do you and, what, and when you get a, a a container of milk what do you do when you go home i decant it into a glass bottle <laughs> what does decant mean pour from one container into another so you that's why it's a decanter yeah so you have a decanter of milk what how many decanters would you say are in your fridge right now i have four glass bottles of milk one glass four glass bottles of milk they two, it takes so a half gallon of milk takes two glass bottles do you uh, have a milkman like no so you don't have a, a milkman bringing decanted milk no, to you no. on a regular basis no this would is you just like that I, though no are you sure I, I mean, think I would like that. I guess so. Sure. <laughs> like the metal thing with the bottles. And then you the give bottles. them the bottles yes. back and then they go wash them and reuse them. Yes. Sure. I yeah. would love that. I mean, it would be more eco-friendly than what I'm doing now, <laughs> taking the carton and throwing it away. Mm. What, <laughs> other, what other decanted beverages do you have? Oat milk. <clears throat> what do you use the oat milk for? My coffee. Don't you find it's not creamy enough? Oh, no. Oh, I have a frother. What, you, what is a frother? It's a little handheld device. It's small. Like it looks almost like like a small vibrator with a little whirly thing on the bottom. And it takes like, 20, like 50, 10, 15 seconds to froth up the oat milk. It's amazing. So you're frothing your decanted fucking oat milk. You really live high on the hog over there. <laughs> and then I have a glass bottle of cold brew. <laughs> wow. The cold brew. And how do you make the cold brew? I don't make it. I buy it. La Cologne. <laughs> By what's it called? La Colombe. What else is in glass containers? And and it, it, my mother had a thing. Mm -hmm. Like we were a very, uh, you know, middle class mm -hmm. Jewish family, and my mother uh, really wanted to be, uh, you know, aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. So someone told her to not use containers anymore, and she started doing what you do. I love it. And, and <laughs> the only thing that she actually did it with was our uh, dish soap. And she put the dish soap in an olive oil container with the, yeah. the whatever you call it, the fast pour or whatever it well, is. Well, you know, so I also decant my dish soap, my hand soap, and my counter spray. And then they're on a little wooden platform and I decant the You're soap a in the bathroom. You're a fucking you maniac. You know what? It's like a really small thing that makes me happy. Like it just feels like more... Self-care. Calming. Well, it's listen, if you go to Aaron Carr's apartment, there's not only dust on the top of her candles, there's no dust anywhere. It's like fucking hermetically sealed and decanted it apartment. It is. It is. I have a cat. There's cat hair. I mean, I'm tidy. Tidy? Yeah. Would you want to say instead obsessively <laughs> no, clean? I'm really not. I, it's, it's, it's clean. It's, you know, it's clean. It's tidy. Both my husband and I are like pretty good about like both of us are good about like the daily little cleanups and then. I get some help with like a deep clean once a week. I, it's I, I really, you know, I realized when I was in early recovery that I was much happier and more productive if my environment was clean and organized because I felt, maybe it's my ADHD, like I felt so out of control and like I couldn't concentrate when my environment was messy. Yeah, I, I, it's, it, for some reason, I only operate in the in the chaos <laughs> in the non-decanted chaos of, of my life now you I, I i really wanted to have you on because i felt like i was betraying you with the ask andy roy segment well yeah and you need to know that the person who came up with the ask andy roy segment was sam 
Sam mm-hmm. Clark had the mm-hmm. idea. I thought it was a funny idea. And then it turned out Andy was doing advice anyway. Uh-huh. So he was ready to go. Okay. So now I brought <laughs> you in on this episode. Yes. Just because I, I, I think one of those people, uh, the woman from Down Under, needed a, a woman's perspective. Yes. So would you, would you, would I, should I reread the email or would you rather just answer the thing? Um, we, maybe we can just give like a recap. Yes. A quick recap of the email. Um, so do you want me to do that or do you want to do that? You do it. Okay. So the woman wrote in, she's been sober for over two years. She has PMDD, which for people who don't know is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I mean, that may not be the right acronym, but basically it means for half of the month, you're in like the worst pain, like cramping and PMSing where you feel like you're going mad. And I know people who have it, and it's a really challenging thing to deal with. She also has CPSTD um, and PCOS. And PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is also something that women can get, which is also painful and can make you feel like crap all the time. She said she's medicated by a GP. She's seen a psychiatrist, an endocrinologist. She's on, like, this very restrictive diet. She doesn't do caffeine or tea or anything she's tried all these like chakra healings and she's doing like intense therapy and she's still suicidal um she has a lot of doom and she feels desperate for help for help because she feels she said she even went on to say that she there's sometimes she woke up vomiting from the grief and terror she felt so i appreciate andy's advice but i think that Sometimes um, when somebody is dealing with with serious physical or mental health issues and or trauma, like a lot of trauma in their past, it's not as simple as what someone might do when they're just dealing with addiction, right? So I fall into that trap all the time with my own advice giving. You do. We've talked about this. I say go outside, make sure you're drinking water, maybe go to a meeting. These are all great things. But this is sort of like why I felt for this woman is that when I was in 12 step programs, I had, and it's changed, you know, I was in 12 step programs in the late nineties, early two thousands. And at that time, the, the, the attitude toward antidepressants and medication was, was stronger, I think, than it is now. And I felt so much shame and had so many people question me, you know, being under the care of a psychiatrist, it didn't serve me well because I couldn't, I was, I worked the steps really hard. I did the things that people told me to do, but I was in so much pain on a day, like psychic, spiritual, emotional pain. I couldn't even get to the place that I could function in those ways. Right. She, so this person in her letter asked what we thought of trying microdosing. Um, Andy felt like, no, that's like a, you should have pure recovery. Like that's abstinence. Right. I'm going to counter that and say, yes, I understand that for somebody in a 12-step program, the goal is abstinence. For me, my opinion is that the goal in recovery is not abstinence, it's recovery. And that looks different for every single person. I I would say to to this woman, I do think you should try microdosing. Microdosing does not get you high. I haven't done it, but I know people who've done ketamine therapy. It does not get you high. 
And I think that you microdosing with under See, the... See, I would want to do it, but with a lot of ketamine. But that's not microdosing. <laughs> that's, just, no, I know. I just want to take 20 <laughs> microdoses at once. But that's the thing. Like that's, I think that's the thing that was missing in, in the answer to the question was that it's what she's asking about microdosing, not just going and taking shrooms and like walking around. And microdosing is when they take psilocybin <laughs> and they, they, they grind it up into capsules usually and you get a small, small, small... Microdose. So the, the writer Michael Pollan, who's a famous New York Times bestselling writer, has written, he wrote a book about, about microdosing and what it did for his depression. Um, I mean, it's not something that I, I need or have any reason to do. If, if I was ever in a position where nothing else was working, I, Maybe would, try it. I would totally try it. I'm not, I am, I'm, I didn't get sober to be miserable. Okay. And there is no reason that she should stay in misery just so that she can say that she's got like no substances in her body. There's well, a I difference just, I between. Just, I just interviewed somebody and she had all sorts of uh, co-occurring mental health disorders mm -hmm. and she took all sorts of pharmaceuticals to, to, to help her brain, help right. her brain chemistry. And there's nothing, there's no judgment there. And it's, no. it's, um, you need to do whatever is necessary. And, and, you know, microdosing might not be the answer and ketamine might not be the answer. But it might. Who knows? But if you're in a situation like this young woman's mm -hmm. situation or older woman, I don't know how old she is, right. um, do whatever you can do. Never stop seeking because uh, you you should be as happy as you can be. It's the same, you know, it's the same way that I look at medicated assisted treatment. Like the, you know, you could argue all day, like what's better for recovery, blah, blah, blah. But the goal is for somebody to recover their life. And that's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And it may look very different from individual to individual. And that's okay. So I hope that this woman who wrote in writes back. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know if you tried the microdosing. And I also, the other thing I just wanted to say is that she has so many different areas of her life she's trying to address at the same time like with her physical health issues mental health issues cutting out the caffeine cutting out and I'd say that like unless it makes you feel worse <laughs> and again this is like something you discuss with your doctor but like maybe like allow yourself to have the tea let yourself like I mean I just think that like maybe she's stripped away so many things that it's overwhelming to confront that trauma when she doesn't have like any buffer there Right. Well, it's, it's like what we want for the audience and what we want for everybody is to, um, you know, be okay and, yeah. and do whatever you can do to be okay. I, I don't even, I mean, this is going to be counterproductive to say, I don't even have a problem with anybody using. It's just yeah. like I, in my experience, using ultimately doesn't bring joy and happiness, but there's so many other things that you can do. And, um, and I think it's important that, um, that you came on to answer that question because mm -hmm. it's also a very woman-centered question yes. and and, it, and it, i think i love andy's advice and i also think that you should be around good people like i don't think that's a bad suggestion be around happy people but i i wanted a little bit more of the uh the 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 woman perspective right. and your perspective in general what else did you think of andy in general well well the first thing i let me look at my notes you're a fastidious um, note taker. I am. That shouldn't surprise you with all my decanting. Okay. So his story about having... I think it's funny that you say decanting. Like, I mean, it's like... I know. Is it... Maybe I'm... That, maybe that's not... Decanting, you usually think of like wine or yes. something. Yes. What I do but is I, I, I pour... I never in my life decanted wine. Right. But you're decanting milk. I don't think that can possibly be correct. 
Dopey Nation, if you know the correct <laughs> meaning of decant, please uh, send us an email to dopeypodcast at okay, gmail.com. Look it up. And can you decant oat milk? Okay. Decant is to gradually pour liquid from one container into another, especially without disturbing the sediment. This is typically a wine or a solution. Typically an oat milk or non-dairy <laughs> product. All right. So, okay. so what do you think so, of Andy? Um, when he told, he was talking about having to check into the uh, treatment center where he had spoken five months earlier. This made me recall that like on one of my many relapses where I was like still going to meetings and pretending that I hadn't relapsed. A friend of mine ran a CA meeting at this LGBTQI center, and he called it like they the meetings that they had there, like the members of that community called it gay A, <laughs> which I always thought was really cute. But I came to speak at this C CA meeting, and I was so high, and I felt horrible. You went and to I, speak at Cocaine Anonymous? Were uh -huh. you high on coke? No. You were high on heroin. Yeah. Well, maybe that's legal. <laughs> I don't know. Had you done coke recently? No. So, I mean. No. But I mean, I just felt, I felt really, really, really bad about it. And I don't think I ever told him that I, I mean, he knows that I relapsed a bunch of times like later on and he relapsed a bunch of times too, but I didn't tell, I never told him that I was high that night. And I don't know if any, I mean, nobody acted like they knew, you know, I don't know. I wonder if, do you still know the guy? Yeah. I should ask him. <laughs> right? You should, maybe you should write him. I know. Um, let's see. Oh, I also, so my ex-husband is also around the same age, I think, as Andy, and um, also, like, skates like that. It tri like, it, ba like, it, it's impressive, and he's in his 50s, right? Andy, I think he's probably or, maybe just 50 or. Right. So, yeah. so my ex-husband's, like, in his mid-50s? I don't even know. He's older than me. But um, he still goes to like the skate park and like skate, like skate. I've seen you show me videos. It's he's crazy. Impressive. Andy's fucking very impressive. Oh yeah, I mean he's well, he's a professional. I mean it's different, but that re reminded me of that. Um, another thing you guys talked about GHB, and I was thinking like I've never done GHB. Me that, neither. And I never, I've never done dust. I've never done DMT. I've done DMT. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. I I, I mean, and then I, I, I don't know. Once in a while, I might fantasize about. You know, smoking dust on the porch, you know. Smoking dust on, that is the last <laughs> thing in the world I would want Sometimes to do. Sometimes I fantasize about t <laughs> taking a, a Newport and dipping it into some formaldehyde and smoking it on the porch. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I fantasize about that. I, fant I fantasize about maybe ayahuasca. Right. Fantasize about D DMT. Like, it's, it's, it was wild. I would love, as you know, would love to do ayahuasca like under the guidance of somebody like Dr. Mate. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, and, and I fantasize about bong hits on the porch, right. you know, with, with, you know, Grateful Dead, you know, 1973, fucking whatever. Right. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a guilty pleasure or, mm -hmm. or I don't even know if what you'd call it, but the reason I don't do it is because. You don't want to risk fucking up your whole life. My life is better than it's ever been. And it's only because I'm sober. Yeah. You know, and, uh. There's this guy actually in the Dopey Nation named Sean, and he invited me to speak at a AA meeting mm -hmm. on Zoom. And he invited me in May. He invited me months ago, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it, whatever." And then in May, he gave me a date, and uh, and I, I got on the train at like you know five oh nine. There's just dead bodies floating. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> They're just doing construction on the road. Um, but uh, I get on the train at 5.09. I was supposed to speak at his meeting at 7. 
I I totally forgot. And and I'm eating dinner and I get a text or I get a I, I look at my Instagram and, I'm, and he's like, "Are you ready to come on?" And it was an hour later. Oh, and I get that no. feeling, that fear feeling yeah. like like I didn't pay my rent, right. like I'm getting arrested. I like totally it's know. that fear feeling and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Uh I was like, "Can we do it next week?" And he's like, "Sure." And then I saw next week was my birthday. I was like, "No, let's do it the following week." And he's like, "Sure." It's the following week. I know it's June 8th. I know I'm supposed to do it. Uh, I, I stay home from Manhattan so that I'm not getting off the train and forgetting. I put in a day at six o'clock. Linda's like, can you take the kids to the softball game? I was like, sure. Why not? Miss it again. Oh my God. Look at the Instagram. Are you ready to come on? And I'm like, ah, that. That. And I have the same feeling. I just didn't pay my rent. I got arrested. Why didn't you just put it into like your calendar with like a reminder? I am organizationally I deficient. I know. I ha I need it's ADHD true. medication. You, you, you probably. You do. know, I yeah. would be fucking Joe Rogan if I had yeah. Adderall. Are you kidding me? I need to shoot it also. No. Um, <laughs> but I would be like, I would be superhuman with some right. ADHD medication. But can I tell you something? You know that I take. I ADHD do. And look at you have a book, a life. Well, decanted fucking milk but it doesn't like i don't feel speedy on it at all but i mean also because it's the correct medication at the correct dose but it totally helps because i would do that where like i would just forget things all the time because i had too many things juggling in my head well i, I missed it again oh. he was he was disappointed yeah and i and i gave him my number and i said listen let me try next week and he, he accepted my apology. Thank you, Sean. And last night, you did it. I did it. And it was a very magical experience. And I really enjoyed it. And um, so thank you, Sean, for giving me another chance at this thing. Good. I'm glad you finally did it. Would you like to hear a dopey uh, email before we go? Always, yes. All right, here we go. So this is from Maggie. And she says, hey, Dave, I know your question is old as hell at this point, but I still feel... 16 mentally which bugs me out every time i look in the mirror and realize my kid is 15. wondered if i was the only mad addict running around feeling that way thanks for having uh the fentanyl dealer on i'm starting to string together some time of sobriety and it gave me a better understanding of why my drops were constant constantly coming back dirty for fent when all i ordered from the street pharmacist was straight dope Looks like it's coming in from the coasts and here to stay. Just another reason to stick to being clean. We actually had a group of 40 dads, 40 year old dads overdose after picking up a bag of blow in our friend group recently. Thankfully they lived. Your podcast is the only media dealing with drugs that I consume without causing me to relapse. And your Novak episode made me realize absolutely anything is possible. You're doing the fucking Lord's work out here. I appreciate any little bit of encouragement to get me off a 15-year battle with the heroin beast. Wishing you a billion years of sobriety here and in the afterlife. Best, Maggie. It's a nice email. That is a nice email. Thank you, Maggie. I, I definitely don't feel my age. No, I mean, like, I should. It's like, I, 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 I should, and then I see a Good Morning Dopey episode, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean... I think like sometimes I see people who are our age and I'm like, they look so old. And sometimes you're like, they look so young. I'm sure. 
No? No, I think they always look old. And then I'm like, do I, am I delusional about how I You look I, youthful. I went to my, you. I went to, I do not. I have you a have fucking white beard. Yes, but your face, like you're not wrinkly. No, I'm not wrinkly. Uh, but right now I'm, I'm so brown from you're the so sun. Tan. Yeah. I look l- like pre-Jew leathery. <laughs> I'm in my pre-leathery Jew period. <laughs> I saw myself on that uh, Facebook live and I'm like, oh Jesus. You did look really tan. I'm like super leathery, <laughs> pre-leather time, right? I get tan, I guess. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. it's wild. <laughs> I went to the 30 year high school reunion. That's right. How was it? It was great. And a lot of people looked good, youthful. Oh good. That's good. Most people look good. In my high school, they, 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 they age well. Some of the people I went to high school with look good because they're in L.A. Right. And this is, you know, York, it's, a, it's yeah. a New York crowd and we had fun. Um, that story about the 40 year old fentanyl OD guys from the bag of Coke. OK, that's so, like what you were talking about before. So this is. Yeah. So it's you know, it's in everything. I I recently did a Narcan training with my 18 year old on my insistence. And he's like, oh. He's like, I don't do any of that stuff. And I'm like, well, my whole thing is that it's in everything. And the chances that one of his friends at some point will need that Narcan is high. So we did the Narcan training together. We both got these little like registration cards from the state of New York, which gives you liability insurance should you ever administer it and somebody tries to sue you or whatever. But I also ordered a ton of fentanyl testing strips. I put them in a drawer in my house. I showed him where they are and I said, put some in your backpack. I said, we're, I showed him YouTube videos on how to test pills, how to test different substances. I said, if you have a friend that's taking something, just tell them like, just test it first. If you have, you can use so little to test it because there are so many people like those 40 year old guys that are gonna do a line of blow doing things like they're going to take molly at a rave and there's fentanyl in it absolutely and it's like better safe than sorry basically yes and um it's just scary it's a scary time it's a scary time to be using drugs out there really it's a scary time even for like i look at like my son and his friends like it scares me for them because how many people i i knew so many people who experimented with drugs in college that didn't have addiction problems and never had addiction problems so like it scares me for like for my son or his friends where they're like, oh, they're going to, they're going to try Molly. You know what I mean? Like that scares me. Right. And Cause you know, it all has fucking fentanyl yes. because it's not legal. There's no like lab putting out real, exactly. real molecule, which is what Molly was supposed exactly. to be real MDMA. And I don't want it killing people who have addiction problems either, but it's just that the, the population of people who fentanyl could kill is grown exponentially because it's in everything. Right. You feel like, I mean, that's, I mean, right. People like somebody, some kid might buy a Xanax and it's actually fentanyl and they die. Yes. I had a, I think I told you, I had a phone conversation with a woman in New York whose daughter passed away recently from, from exactly that 16 years old. All right. So if you're out there and you want fentanyl testing, write me. I have people that are actually yes. sending, yes. sending fentanyl tests and, and if, Narcan as well. And if you have children in your house when they're in middle school you need to to have this discussion and you need to have fentanyl testing strips somewhere in your house where they can get them this is not telling them oh i want you to go do drugs but look (laughs) the chances of our children ever experimenting with drugs is pretty high not mine 
and <laughs> and I don't want them to fucking die. No, I appreciate that. So yeah, if you want Narcan or fentanyl test strips, write us and we'll set you up. My dad is about to call in to the show. Alan. So hold on. Hello? Can Hi. you hear me? Hi, David. I'm yes. here I'm here with uh uh strung out author and unlicensed <laughs> advice columnist and an elite equestrian, Aaron Carr. Would you like to say hello? Hi. Hi, yeah. Hi, Hi Alan. <laughs> Dad, your phone sounds... I know who it was by his introduction. <laughs> your phone sounds... Wait a minute, how does my phone sound? Sounds amazing. Yeah. What did you do, Dad? It's, well, I'm using the landline from my palatial uh, mansion at the lake. Oh, are you in the palatial ancestral home <laughs> upstate? Well, yes, I am. Yeah, I am upstate. And yes, and and I, and I, you want me to read that that bad email, right? I'm sure you. Do. It's not an email, Dad. It's a review. How do you Whatever not know that. the difference between an email and a review at this point? Because, listen, I, I I'm having trouble trying to do many things, including trying to remember the difference. Yes. Now listen, before right. you say a thing, before just calm yeah. down for a second. Um, a lot of people in the Dopey Nation have been coming out and saying that your part of the show is their favorite, Dad. Dad, you're, you're, that's, you didn't, that's baloney. I mean, you're, you're, you're making that up. I don't like to uh, tell you because I know it gasses up your head too much. No, people do comment a lot. Like, where's Alan? Dad, like, well, like, unfortunately, you might be more liked in the Dopey Nation than I am. <laughs> well, well, that's a possibility. That's <laughs> Now, would you like to, I mean, now everyone should know that on iTunes, there are reviews and when Dopey gets iTunes reviews, it raises our ranking. Oh my God. Before I went to the high school reunion, I stopped here to drop off my backpack and my dad was like a chicken with his head cut off running around the apartment. David, you're off iTunes. Cause what my dad does is he doesn't type in Dopey in iTunes. He types in drug recovery. And we were not on the list of drug recovery podcasts, and my dad almost had a conniption, right, Dad? Well, that's because you were number one like forever. And now, uh, and, and have I, you checked? This, what? Are we still not there? I I I I don't go there anymore because it was not there. I haven't looked in a week or so. So what do you do now? I, I, I'm I, I'm going straight to where it says uh, reviews for dopey. All right. Um, that's where I am now. I am not on the iTunes thing, I don't think. Now, let me ask you this. Have you bought any major watercraft uh, lately for the palatial home? The, 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 the rowboat is still leaking. The, the kayak is now on a dock that is above water but sort of collapsing in the middle. Uh, we're having technical difficulties <laughs> with the fleet, yes. Okay, well, so what, you want to read a review? Um, yeah, but I want to tell everybody that I'm not going to kvetch about my health. I'm feeling much better. Do you know there's a guy in California that calls you the king of kvetch? Well, that's probably accurate, yes. That makes you the prince. (laughs) Well, so, Dad, read a review. All right, so, all right, I'll read the one that you want me to read. All right, this is from SSDN. By, I guess he no, I, I, if, I, if I could choose the review I want you to read, I'd want you to read the one-star review. Oh, no, you know I'm never going to do that again, ever. Okay. Ever. So don't say that's I want not. you to read this one. I want you to read Privileged White Show, whatever, that one. <laughs> it's my favorite. 
But keep going. I'm not even going to repeat what you're saying. I'm trying to, to live up to my statement that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'll right. trick you into it eventually again. It'll be glorious. Yeah, okay. Dopey Nation, stay tuned. I will trick him into reading that review again. Anyway, keep going. All right. Let me, let me get this out of the way so that you can make fun of it. All right. This is, I look, he's leaving his name. He's proud of himself. Murphy O'Brien. Uh, and, Do you oh, think he's you know Irish? He's, I think he's Jewish. <laughs> what? He's a nice Jewish guy, right? Well, maybe it's O'Brienowitz. In any case, it doesn't even have the, the stars on it where I'm looking now. Okay, there it is. Maybe my favorite podcast of all time, great stories, help motivate staying sober. One suggestion is maybe Alan fixed the connection of his phone. Not sure if he called in from his opulent Manhattan apartment or the mansion on the lake, but the sound quality was terrible. And then he ends it by a long toodle. Yes. Um, of course he was right. This connection was bad, bad, and I finally figured it out. I could have called you on the cell phone, but, you know, the, the service up here isn't good. The home of phone. Course, uh, I could have called. I wanted, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to teach you a lesson, and I knew that when you listened back, you would be aghast at the, <laughs> at the phone. It was terrible. God, what a mess. And it, it, and it, it, it screwed up one of the comments that I made about uh, uh but Jay, I think, that I was trying to make a point, and nobody could even hear the point I was making. So, um, Yeah, that w it was not good. And I think I finally figured out what was wrong with the phone. It was the case that was wrapped in that stopped the proper, proper you know, connection. Anyway, uh, oh, the next one is a terrible review. God. Okay. This is the one that's, that says, Alan... And uh, it's from, again, the guy, the guy leaves his name, John from Mansfield. And he writes, Alan, your son is a podcast guy. Nice. Now, at the end of, the end of it, I agree with you. And you should be very proud of, of, of old Dave. I agree with that part. But calling somebody a podcast guy is a little bit over the top, don't you think? <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> this has been really fun for me, Dad. Have you had a good time, too? Yeah, I had a good time. I had a good time. Now, what's happening in my apartment? Is it in one piece or what? Well, uh, the servants are cleaning it up as we speak. There's there's two women cleaning the, the bedroom, and there's a, a gentleman in, in your giant office, and I think your jacuzzi is also being tended to right now by, by uh, what's her face? Nice. Maurice. <laughs> I think Maurice is cleaning out the, the hot tub in, in your private master bath as we speak. Aaron, can you correct him there on, on live? I mean, yes. <laughs> there is no cleaning crew. There is crew no here. cleaning crew here. <laughs> All, right. All right, Dad. Say goodbye, to the, say goodbye to the Dopey Nation. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Stay healthy and toodles for Chris. Bye, right. Alan. All right. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Bye, Aaron. All right. So, uh, Aaron, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And... Andy Roy, thank you. Jeremy was on the show. Thank you. Big, big show. Chock full of people. Lots really? of voices. I loved, and I, we didn't even talk about this, but I loved the chemistry you have with Jeremy. Oh, I've been friends. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, one, thing I, one thing I didn't say, Jeremy, <clears throat> we went to karate as, as children. Mm -hmm. He became a black belt wow. in karate. I was a white belt in karate, and they would hit my hand with the bamboo stick 
you know, you hold your punch out yeah. and they hit your fist with the bamboo stick. And I was like, I'm not doing this. And I quit. And Jeremy, of course, stayed on to be a black belt. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, thank you, Aaron. If you guys, um, you know, buy merch, go to dopeypodcast.com. Patreon. Support Patreon. Jeremy's on Patreon. The Bob Weird thing's going to be on Patreon. Aaron's next week on Patreon doing uh, reviews, I believe. Yes. Um, and um, leave a review for my dad. He'll probably read it on the show. And stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Toodles. Would it do me any good? Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind Leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road However far it winds Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I wanna be good so bad Wanna be good so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had